Welcome to the 87th episode of the Nerdum and Other Nonsense Anime Podcast. Today, we are covering the 11th week of winter 2019 anime season. And as always, we include timestamps in the description of the YouTube video and the podcast feed. If you only want to hear about, like, the one fucking show you watch or whatever the fuck, I don't know what you do. Um, <laughs> yeah, because we spoil everything. <laughs> anyway... My name is Kat, and sticking with the theme of our names in Kimi Kusura, Leo is now Rio, Bcom is now Rcom, and I am Ra. <laughs> okay, no. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Fuck you. Also, let's hear these assholes, Leo and Bcom. Hi, Rat. <laughs> uh-huh. Leo, that, Leo wrote that, and that I saw that earlier today, and I was like, that is like the most fucking brilliant joke Leo's ever written for Dude, this. I was it's really proud. Good. I was telling a couple buddies at work, and they thought it was pretty funny. I was like, cool. It, <laughs> it was pretty this. good. <laughs> I was really happy about that one. Holy oh, shit. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, everybody in Kamari Kusla has got the, the R names. Uh, even, oh, Jesus. E- even one more this episode. And we actually learn why. So look forward to that. That's what made me think of the joke. I was like, another yeah. R name? Jesus. And it's funny because Rio and Arcom actually works. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, the cat would be, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Any nonsense, guys? Good. Uh, so I'll, I'll talk about a little bit of nonsense. And it's like, I didn't go or anything, but I watched a lot of the uh, Star Wars celebration stuff. Uh, which got me pretty hyped up about Star Wars because they had the trailer for the final movie, movie nine of the like big saga. And then they had the trailer for like the Mandalorian, like live action TV show, which looked really cool. And there was like a leaked trailer from the audience because like Star Wars didn't like officially release this. Okay, Um, but whenever that happens, I always wonder like, is it really a leak or is it like them leaking it quote unquote? I mean, those videos stayed up on YouTube for, like, a long-ass time. Yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I think they would prefer to have, like, a full-quality version of it. But, like, they know that people get excited by just, like, oh, it's the thing. You're not supposed to see it yet, but it's out there. Um, But it really did look really cool. Like, they had Giancarlo Esposito, who was, like, great as a villain in Breaking Bad on the show. And, like, Werner Herzog is, like, this, like, German-accented, like, evil bad guy. And I'm like, holy shit, this looks fucking great. Um, So I'm I'm really excited for that TV show. Maybe even more so than the final movie, honestly. So, Uh, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I always think, like, someone leaking it in 2019, leaking something, is is similar to... Someone in the subway going, oh, no, he took his clothes off. And everyone, like, turns to look. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you know, it's just a way to get people to look at it. Yeah, I agree. It's like a viral marketing technique for sure to, like, let that happen. And Yeah. Um, so, but basically also, like, the one other thing that came out of Celebration was, like, oh, we knew this, but, like, they released a trailer for what's going to be the final season of the cartoon Clone Wars, like season seven. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I had never watched Clone Wars. And so like after all this Star Wars hype, I was like, I'm going to finally pull off this Band-Aid. I've been putting this off for like fucking years and years. I'm going to start watching Clone Wars and see if it's actually good, like people say, or if it's total garbage. And I'm half of the way through season three. And t- to be fair, 
half of the way through season three is where people say the show starts to get good. <laughs> but up until now, it is complete shit. It is so bad. It is, like, unbelievably fucking bad. Uh, <laughs> do not watch, like, the first two seasons of Clone Wars. Like, maybe an episode here or there has some, like, interesting lore or, like, a cool idea. But, like, most of it is just so terrible writing-wise that I would say, like, please steer clear. Like, I usually try to talk about stuff I like for nonsense, but, like, I want to save people time. Like, don't you make save my them mistakes. From the hurt? <laughs> don't watch this show. Just go through, like, just, like, all these online guides about, like, what are the good episodes. So watch the good episodes. Don't watch the whole show. It's not worth it. Nice. Anyway, what do you guys got for nonsense? Uh, I'll go next. So we had, oh, Bob's getting married. So we had, threw his bachelor party. Hey, and Bob. Does that does that mean he's like moving out and you're going to be all alone? <laughs> well, the wedding has the wedding venue has been canceled twice. So we oh. will see. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Get speculation on and your own roommate's the last wedding. Message that was sent was. <laughs> It will be postpone, postponed until further notice. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. So we'll oh. see. Uh, it's so, anyways, there's I, I, really only two things I want to say about. One of them is Bob doing something dumb, which is not new. But on the way up there, <laughs> I was riding with uh, two of my other buddies, and one of them was like, "You have a podcast," and I'm just like, "How do you not know? You're like one of my only friends who actually still watches anime regularly." So we started talking about anime. I'm like, all right, well, what are you watching this season? What I mean, what what's your favorite? And he fucking says Shield Hero. (laughs) Oh, well, if he wasn't a six foot jacked black man, I would have reached from that back seat and slapped him in the head. Yeah, okay. I will say, (laughs) Brains has encouraged me to keep watching it. It did get better. It's still a shit show. It did get slightly better. I will say, I've watched every episode of Shield Hero. I'm completely caught up. Uh, I still think it's total fucking trash. <laughs> uh, it's trash, but it's like it has be- some it's moments like slightly better. But yeah. like, oh man, I think I'm going to talk about it in like our season wrap up. But like, yeah, basically, like the way he gets stronger is like he embraces his inner rage. And well, that's it's how almost he gets like his strong. inner Trump. His, yeah, his yeah. inner Trump. <laughs> I know. I was like, this is basically him being like, oh, my anger of being cast down into the it's almost just like trump and all of his fans personified <laughs> yeah it's like, so oh. it really is of course i'm like what about his hate for women what about the slavery stuff <laughs> blah 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 yeah you know, he, has, he has some pretty weak arguments but i was just like whatever fuck it what else are you watching this season he's mm-hmm. like well i'm watching uh, the promised neverland he's like i don't really care that's for pretty it. good like, oh, I, oh, I was oh. like, why? I, I just, I don't think he gets it. I think he's suffering what cats suffering from Kamurikusa. Just doesn't mm-hmm. really get it. Sure, but whatever. I after that, I was like, I need to be a bigger influence on him. <laughs> what are you gonna uh, tell him to well, watch uh, Buso Shoujo Machiavelli? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> gotta get on these great shows are you watching Dororo or anything and he's like he said he's he's has like seen that it's an anime but he hasn't checked it out i was like damn man you suck it's probably because it's on amazon yeah. like a lot of people don't yeah. see the stuff that's on amazon so yeah i don't know i mean to be fair it's hard to like get the quality stuff with seasonal like because because we don't know when you start watching it if it actually is good or not it takes right. some time it, it's easier if you really want to refine their taste to like give them some of the old stuff and be like eat this this right. is nutrition 
then <laughs> All right, refine their palate that way. Okay, into that conversation, let me tell you about this. He did a bunch of stupid stuff, but <laughs> this was probably my favorite because I was the only one witness to it. We oh. were like, this is pretty late in the night. I think this is when we were going to the, our last stop. And we're walking across the street and Bob, he's just, he's walking in front of me. I think I'm in the back and he just goes to put his both hands on the ground and I can tell he's going to try to do a cartwheel, but it was so funny. So he's walking, he uses that form of men, puts both hands on the ground and simply just like hops <laughs> and then crumbles <laughs> to the ground. <laughs> nice. I mean, it was such it was such a bad drunken cartwheel and then like they everybody else hears the noise and they turn around like oh shit bob fell you okay and i'm like bob did not fall bob just tried to do a fucking cartwheel oh, <laughs> and then they all start laughing and oh it's so he, it's he's insanity. like an active drunk he's like one Sounds of those like drunks fun. where he's like i'm gonna now perform feats of uh acrobatics oh he's crazy <laughs> okay here i'll tell i'll tell the second story so, too also so we are okay. we're at our last place I'm standing there talking with him. He he just he's so drunk he can't even hold on to beer. So he drops his beer and hits the floor. And I'm like, well, shit, that happened, you know. And he bends down and starts picking up oh. the glass. I'm like, Bob, stop picking up the fucking glass. Stand up, stand up, dude. So I'm like, I'm literally like pulling him up. And then like you know, somebody works there comes up with a broom and dust and dustpan. Bob just takes it from him and starts cleaning it up. I, I'm like, I had to hit one of our other buddies. So I was like, fucking help me here. And like, so he physically restrains Bob as I take back the broom and dustpan and give it back to the dude. And then we went back to the well, hotel. I mean, that that's just a sign of him being a good person. Like, I could yeah. see myself doing that. Like, I have actually no, 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 tried no. to pick when, up broken glass when I'm drunk. Yeah, I'm when like, Bob oh, gets no. drunk, he cleans. All right, okay, third yeah. Bob story. This is this is the very Holy famous shit. one. How many stories do you have, Leo? Dude, we <laughs> can make a podcast like Bob is the about person to drink with. Bob stories. So, <laughs> we're all in fucking, I, I don't remember, Florida. There's like eight or nine of us. We're staying in the mm-hmm. apartment. We all have fun, and we go to sleep that night. Well, at just like randomly three in the three in the morning we hear fucking a huge glass pane shatter so we're all getting up we go into the kitchen there's bob he's cleaning the fridge and the glass panel for the shelf he had dropped it What do you do? You hold it above his head and drop it. Well, it like sit, it like sits in the frame, so he just uh-huh. took it out and like went to like I guess lean it against the wall, and then it just fell out. Oh boy! Oh man, God. you know, you have no idea how many Bob stories we have. It's they're they are endless. <laughs> but what what about you, Cat? <laughs> uh, well, I went to go see a play last weekend, um, and it was like a joking version of Hamlet. <laughs> um. So it's just like, you know, just constant jokes, like pretending that they're basically doing a shit job, but it's on purpose. Mm-hmm. And it was fun. And then after we went and um, went and had tacos and like fancy margaritas with the crew, like the theater crew. And that was fun. Hmm. Um, but <laughs> but the place we went, it's supposed to be like a fancy taco place. Like, have you ever been to one of those like fancy taco places where sure. they're like a la carte and each taco nope. is like five dollars and you have to like pick which ones? And yes. the tacos they bring out, I'm not even kidding you, are probably about the size of a pinky finger. <laughs> These tiny fucking tacos. <laughs> I'm like, 
what is this? That's a fucking <laughs> what racket is, is what that is. I know. I was like, That's a $5 for, one of the, for each of these? No. Oh, it was, I was so pissed off. I would have said and, that. And he, I would have seen that and just been like, "You guys just want to go to Taco Bell or something? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Get some food." <laughs> but their margaritas were really good, and like their stupid <laughs> stools. It's one of those places where the stool is like taller than you standing up, and so you have to like hop onto it, like you're hot, like you're saddling a horse or something. And then cat, I'm, cat I'm is terribly, very short. <laughs> I'm not that short. And, and Five like, six. That's then, actually on the uh, higher yeah, side. Yeah, yeah. I know what the so type, like, types of stools you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so then when you're on it, like I'm not a coordinated person, and so like I'm just wobbling because you know I'm like on my second margarita, so I'm like tee, <laughs> and I just keep almost falling off the tee. fucking school stool, and then like having someone grab me before I hit, and, I, and then I'd be like, oh, I need to get off the stool, and I'd like stand like next to the stool and then eventually I'd be like I'm tired and sit down and I would like repeat this and then, <laughs> <laughs> and then I don't know so that was my night nice <laughs> apparently I never learn I don't know <laughs> yeah that's riding but, that stool was like riding a bull for catch just couldn't stay on she's just like oh yeah I mean I don't have a horse to ride anymore so okay we gotta ride that stool I guess so <laughs> All right, should we fun. get into... But I just uh, thought I'd, I'd let we... everyone know that, like, those a la carte taco places, check the reviews first, because you don't want to get a pinky-sized taco. <laughs> check, the pic- yeah, check the pictures, and, like, make sure there's, like, yeah. a banana for reference or something. Yeah. <laughs> <A> banana <laughs> for reference. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, all right, so all should right. we get into uh, anime? Yes. Mm, sure. All right. Episodes 11 this week, so, Leo, take us into Mob Psycho. Okay. Episode 11 of 13. Uh, we will be doing two episodes next podcast. Yeah. Next, so uh, podcast, finishing it yeah. off. Yep. Uh, guidance Psychic Sensor. So it's just a very short intro with them like wrapping up the fight from the last episode. And that's, that's all that happens. It's honestly kind of unnecessary. <laughs> and mm-hmm. then Sho and Ritu arrive at the tower to be confronted by the teleporting guy, Shimazaki. And pretty much from this point, I just refer <clears throat> refer to people by their powers because there's too many of them and too many names. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, and like Ritsu lets Sho go ahead so he can battle the teleporter guy. And Ritsu is just basically getting destroyed. It's it's awful. <laughs> Sho makes it up the stairs and like he defeats the guy who like can control the electronics in like two seconds, and you never see him again. <laughs> <laughs> But Mob and Dimple have also shown up to the area and come across, like, some guys that are, like, robbing a bean store. And Mob gets pissed about it, and he's, like, giving them this, like, st- stern speech and everything. Mm-hmm. But but then the plant guy, like, shows up, and it's kind of, they portray it as, like, Mob is actually kind of struggling against him. He's a pretty strong guy. And then, oh, we go back to Ritsu, who still is still getting demolished. I mean, the people can take punches in the show. It's It's pretty amazing. Yeah. So, and then, like, while he's fighting him, Teleport Dude ends up taking, like, a sewer cover to the head. And it turns out the ex-former Claw members and Taruki show up. And, like, they begin fighting the guy. And you just really, really need to go watch this fight because it's it's pretty cool and pretty fun. And The yeah. fights actually are animated well. I'll give yeah. the show that. Yeah, they're that. super well animated this episode. That, that was basically just, what was keeping me interested. I just can't yeah. care because I'm like, I don't care about either of these people in this fight. But they are animated <laughs> well. 
I yeah. feel the same way. Yeah. yeah, the uh next two episodes are very well animated also. And what this fight boils down to is basically them not getting in anywhere with teleporter dude and like he's just like fending everything off. But mm-hmm. then like Taruki isn't going to give up and tells everybody to like launch even more attacks to try to get into his blind spot. And then this show jumps this episode jumps around a whole lot. So we go back to Mob who's like still struggling with plant guy when Matsuo shows up. And yeah, if you guys don't remember who he is, he like can control evil spirits or something like that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so like he and I hate when shows do that too. By the way, they jump around all the yeah. time. Yeah, this episode like, was all over the place. I don't think I've ever written this many paragraphs before. <laughs> 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 and so like he unleashes his spirits and like and it overpowers the lower guys, but then like the plant guy easily stops him, and like Matsuo gets thrown to the ground, and like a vial comes out of his pocket. And like one of the goons picks it up and Matsu's like begs him not to open it because it's the spirit not even he can, tr- can control. And the goon's like, whatever, we have plant guy with us. Nobody can defeat us. So he like breaks it and out pops Mogami. If you guys don't remember who he was, it was that episode that Cat didn't watch that be common. I had to tell from memory. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's Stop bringing that up. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. You watched the wrong one and didn't even realize I know. it. Well, because you remember, I was like, it's weird because it feels like there's a lot of flashbacks this episode. I just don't <laughs> understand. And you're just like, oh. Uh, so he just destroys everybody. And, like, he even, like, takes over plants, guys, plants. And, like, he forms, like, a giant one out of them and easily wins. Uh, and then, like, Becom had, like, a little... Not B- Mob had a little speech. Becom really liked it. What was that? Yeah, because he told, like, Mogami or, like, the tree thing, whatever it is, like, that you need to have faith in one another in order to get through life. Like, you can't just live life always expecting the worst in everyone else because, like, society just breaks down and won't function if you don't believe in each other on some level. Like, even if you're, like, a little suspicious of people's, like, motives and stuff, like, in order for anything to work at all, like, you can't live like Mogami. So I I like that mob, like, is kind of, like, preaching that philosophy. Yeah, then, like, Mogami, like, fades away, but they're not sure if he's, like, actually passed on yet or not. So that, so he could, if they do a season three, he could potentially pop up again. Yeah. Uh, Sho then tries to fight his dad, and, like, he can't get past his barrier. And, And, like, Toriyotro, however you want to say his stinking name, eventually retaliates and lands a couple of like elemental attacks before Show goes invisible, and he like blasts him with an energy attack that he's been saving up for the last three months, and it does nothing because uh, Serizawa shows up and blocks it for him, mm-hmm. and Toichi Chiro is like he's a little bit impressed by Show, and he's like, well turns out you seem to have the same ability as me to save up energy and that's what he's been doing the past 20 years so he has 20 years worth of like saved up energy uh he then decides to like show him a little bit of the power and then we just cut back to the former scar member still fighting and he's like oh god (laughs) you'll get whiplash from this episode uh (laughs) they're still getting the like the crap beaten out of them and they do manage to get like another scratch on teleport guy and taruki kind of like mocks him for it so teleport guy decides to separate him from everybody else and just starts like destroying him. But when it feels like Taruki is done for, he manages to like counterattack him and explains that he's figured out his moves. And while he's being distracted by him, the former claw members show up and like manage to get in like a really good amount of uh, string attacks. And he looks like he's about to lose. And then like teleport guy suddenly like focuses really hard and activates something he calls the mind's eye. Uh, and then he just like is almost instantly just takes everybody out. And then that's when he notices like mob coming towards him. And 
this the interesting thing about his mind's eye it blocks out everything except for other esper powers uh and so he doesn't notice that when reagan walks right up to him he just does a self-defense rush and mm-hmm. beats the shit out of the guy <laughs> it's pretty funny uh reagan's like that's what i do when i don't know if it's uh, <laughs> if it's assault or not or something and then, like, teleporter guy just thinks Reagan's so powerful you can hide his presence, and it's just, like, completely blown I away. Like, I feel like his that's his version of police being like, stop resisting as they <laughs> run towards someone. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, self-defense! Like. Yeah, he just thinks Reagan's so powerful he can hide his presence, and, like, he's just completely blown away by, like, how powerful Mob's presence is. Presence is. And then, since he's defeated, Mob tells everybody, I'm going to go it alone from here. Because everybody's hurt and he doesn't want him to get injured anymore. So he goes into the tower by himself. And the episode ends. Yep. Yeah, I thought the the fights were definitely like the standout of this episode. Like the fight animation is just sick. It's like on a different level from Bones. Um, and I think like Mob basically is just going around and telling all these like uh, people with superpowers that like you're not any better than like an average person and stop acting like you are. And I'm going to take you down basically. That seemed to be like a <laughs> recurring theme throughout the episode. And I kind of like that. Um, but yeah, like, yeah, the fights were pretty cool. Whether it was like show fighting his father, the boss or like the scar members fighting, um, Ryo Shimazaki. Like they were, they were like really inventive and interesting animation wise. So like, I would go back just to watch this episode for the animation, basically. But like Kat was saying, like I'm still not really invested in this arc outside of just like Mob himself, basically. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't have anything else to add. I, I've seen the next two episodes, so the quality oh, okay. has gone down so much. I just am disappointed. I, what, like in writing? Yeah, in writing, I think. Yeah. I assume you mean. <laughs> I, I mean, like, I really the don't quality care is pretty as high. much about animation. Like, I know that some people really care about animation. And as we get into the next season, which we will in a week or so, I mean, there's issues with One Punch Man, who's by the same creator. We'll talk about that more later. Yeah. With the actual animation. I prefer that sort of problem to this problem. Because, like, Mm -hmm. to me, I'd much rather watch a show with shitty animation that has a good plot than a show with like amazing visuals that I don't give a fuck what I'm watching. I generally agree yeah. with that. Cause like no matter how great something looks, if it's just like the most vapid, boring nonsense, it's still going to be bad. You know, like not that that's what mob is. It's just that like the writing hasn't been like up to snuff at like the, the beginning of this season in this last yeah. arc. Well, no matter- I would say yeah. the beginning was actually good. It's when they switched arcs. Yeah. This season that it went down. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. As a perfect yeah. example, no matter how good, no matter say, "Run with the Wind" is the best uh, <laughs> animated show ever. I still oh, yeah. would hate watching that. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great show. Yeah. Uh, no, let's talk about "Run with the Wind" because we are one yeah. episode away from the end when Leo can just like uh, lay back and roll, um, like imagine that this never happened and <laughs> he can embrace his loneliness, as the title of this episode says. <laughs> Probably just forget about this episode. (laughs) I mean, this show entirely. Yeah. So we start off with King running his leg of the race. And he's pushing himself like a bit too fast, like we saw at the end of last episode. Uh, He flashes back to a conversation that he had with Haiji, where he asked him, like, what were your plans for after school? And Haiji tells him, like, I've only really thought about the Hokone for all this time. 
Um, but he does say, like, I'll help you look for a job, though, because uh, I know you've been struggling with that. Uh, he also says for the race that the slope that is near a Yugioji temple is going to be like the key part of this eighth leg of the race. So he should like save his stamina for that. Um, and like back to the race, like the message uh, from the coach uh, to King is basically relating back to the conversation Haiji had with them saying like, when you reach Odemachi, which is like the next point, like tell Haiji about the history of Yugioji temple. Um, and so King's like, oh, he did care about like what we were talking about kind of thing. Um, and then this leads into this whole flashback where King talks about how he came to the dorm because he wanted like a college life similar to like a TV show or something. But his college life ended up being like really boring and uneventful because he never lived up to his own standards. And like, he was sort of like, in my opinion, like too much of a coward to make things happen for himself. It's basically what he says, but that's how I like reasoned it out. Um, like, yeah, and it, it, that's something that happens. Like, you can imagine yourself having this amazing social life at college, but if you don't actually actively make it happen, it's not going to happen for you. Like, you have well, to be the one to do it. He's a very careful person, is the way I would describe King. Right. And yeah. that can be good, but also can limit you. Yeah, and he's, like, never really opened up to people, and he, but he badly yeah. wants someone to accept him, and he thinks, like, maybe Haiji could be that person, but he's, like, too scared of rejection to, like, open up. And, like, when he's running, though, he says, like, the team needs him, and he's expected to perform, and, like, people actually expect things from him when they don't at any other real time. Um, yeah. And he's also, like, alone when he's running, and it allows him to just, like, face his own problems and drop the king act and realize that I'm just a nobody. I'm not a king. I just put on this act. Uh, but at least he, I can accept the truth about myself while I'm running. So it's like this sort of like big dramatic thing. I don't know if it like really works. It kind of works. It's, it's what it is. It's not like my favorite arc of this last like race, but, um, Heidi's second message yeah, from the coast. I, I didn't oh, like it as much as the others, but, it was still sympathetic and it's something I think everyone's understood had at least once or twice in their life where they yeah. didn't do something that they know that they should have done and regretted it later. So it's, it's understandable. Yeah. Or even like pretended you were someone you weren't kind of like, like the King persona, like to, to yeah. get people to like you. Yeah. Um, uh, Hygie's second message from the coach comes after this whole like revelation part and the message is like, are you ready to buzz in with your answer about like the temple slope? And again, that message gets delivered like right before he hits the temple slope. And um, King thinks to himself, like, this dream isn't just Haiji's dream anymore, but the entire team's and my dream. And so he just like fucking cruises up this slope like it's nothing, to, like runs it really well. Um, so Haiji calls Kakaru just before his section and tells him that like, while his rival Fujioka is like really great, uh, he like Haiji ran with the guy for a year and he tells Kakaru, like, you're the greatest runner I've ever seen. And Kakaru just like tells Haiji, like, watch, watch me race and like watch what your belief in me has led to. He basically just tells him, like, fucking watch me. Um, and so douchebag Kosuke uh, <laughs> crosses the finish line well before King. Uh, and, like, goes up to Kakaru and tells him, like, Kansai has no future, all this bullshit. And Kakaru kind of just, like, 
uh, smiles and ignores him and tells him, I just want to pass the sash on to the next person. Like, I don't even have any time for your bullshit. Like, Kakuru has moved completely past this drama with this asshole, which is nice. And actually, it's pretty amazing that he still is so invested in it. Like, that says yeah. something more about him and where he is emotionally than really Kakuru at this point. Absolutely, yeah. I think that's something you have to just, like, learn as you get older is really the way people react it has almost nothing to do with you and really says a lot more about them. Yeah, absolutely. It's his so, problem, not Cocker's problem. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Cocker, before, right before he starts to race, he asks Joji if it, was, it feels nice to fall in love. And Joji's like, what? And Cocker tells him, I'm in love too. And Joji's like, with what? And he doesn't oh, answer. I know. <laughs> I, did he mean he's in love with the team? Is that what he meant? I, I mean, it could like be a lot of he things. Meant. He's in love with running. He's in love with the team and like the idea of running with them. It's probably in love he's with Kaiji to some extent. <laughs> he's kind of a weird. I mean, if yeah. they have a scene at the end where Haiji and Kakaru are like making out hardcore, like I'd laugh. <laughs> that would I'd not laugh happen. just because, like, yeah. But oh it, of course, it's not going to happen. But um, it'd be funny. Yeah, Kakaru doesn't answer Joji. He just leaves it up in the air, and then like King passes the sash on to him and like collapses and everything. Uh, and Kakaru yeah. starts running the ninth and like second to last leg of the race. And it starts to snow, um, and he doesn't really feel anything at first, so he's kind of, like, worried about himself and his pacing. He sees people on the sideline or, like, cheering for him. He sees, like, a cameraman filming him, and he's like, I wonder if that means I'm running a good pace. I don't really know. And then he, like, he wonders, like, are my feet even touching the ground? Which is, like, gives you the first sense that, like, he's running really fucking fast. He just doesn't realize it. And then, like, the TV announcer confirms it, saying, like, with the incredible speed this kid is running at, he's in 13th place. Um, uh, and, like, the coach calls Haiji, like, and asks him, like, should I give Kakaru a message? And Haiji's like, no. Kakaru's running like he wants to reach a different dimension right now, and no one should, like, interfere with that. Um, it's kind of so, weird because he yeah. has this zen, like, like, attitude while he's running, but, like, that contrasts so much with the speed that he's running. Because as someone who has tried to run, for me, trying to run fast is, like, grueling and terrible. And you feel, <laughs> like, every second, like, it's torture. Like, someone's just dragging a knife on your back. Like, I can't imagine <laughs> just sitting there being like, oh, I'm just running. Like, it's so zen. Like, no, that is not my experience with running at all. Oh, yeah. How's that uh, One Punch Man challenge going along? We're, it's going. I'm getting better. I uh, at first I had these terrible blisters on my feet. I'm not oh, gonna yeah. lie, it was horrible. And like, was, I got better at running it. But like every time I do like one of those sprints where I'm like, I'm gonna get some some real distance in, and I'm gonna run for five minutes, and then I'm gonna speed walk for again for a while, because I, I still can't just run all out like the whole time. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Um, I just hate it. I I'll sit there and just stare at the clock and be like, ten. 10 more seconds, nine. Like, I can't imagine <laughs> this thing of like, I, I'm so zen and I'm thinking of other things. This is where Bullshit. podcasts really help me because it's a distraction, especially ones mm -hmm. that oh, make running. me think. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, music's okay, but I think podcasts are better, especially ones you're really interested in. See, but I will actually advice. watch anime while I run, like, because I put my tablet up, my big yeah. ass tablet. 
and like watch it while I run. But I still I can't help it. I have to glance up back up at the clock like all the time. <laughs> I'm like, I just want it to be over. I don't want to run anymore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there are like moments in my life where I've I've felt that when I was running where it's just like, oh, man, I was like running for the past 10 minutes. And I just even realize it like it just flew by like kind of thing. It especially happens when you're running outside sometimes, I feel like. Uh, mm. where you just get into a zone and like maybe all you hear is like your breathing and like mm-hmm. you just concentrate on like the rhythm of your stride and and even that can feel like it's on autopilot and then you're just like you just catch yourself thinking about like some bullshit and then like five minutes later you're like oh I already got to this point I didn't realize like that can happen so I think that's what's happening he's like in a zone basically though like he's just in the zone is what's happening yeah Um, he's gotten to that zone i mean i've definitely been there with swimming like long distance races and stuff but right yeah some people i think are just they're really good at one thing and for kakaru that thing is running yeah so he passes like three other academies that were like bunched up together which puts them in like 10th place overall um but he he also like starts to calculate He's like, he's feeling so good running. He's like, man, I wish I could just run like the rest of this leg and like all of the next leg too. <laughs> um, but he he realizes like, no, my race is against Fujioka and Haiji has like the responsibility for that last leg. Like that's on him. Uh, and speaking of which, like Fujioka passes the guy who was in the lead from like Boso Academy and puts Rikudo, his school, back in first place. Um, and he's also running on pace to break the section record as expected. So he's running real fast, too. But, uh, yeah, Kakuro passes, like, two more schools. And then he visualizes, like, this true version of himself as he, like, sees them in front of him. And he's like, that's me. Like, And, like, he just, like, matches his vision to, like, his person and, like, passes them. That's, like, basically what he's doing is, like, I'm visualizing (laughs) visualizing myself overtaking them and then I'm doing it. Uh, So, yeah, he's in the zone. bullshit. It's like some magic mind <laughs> psychic powers. I guess he borrowed from Mob. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> uh, and I was laughing because like the guy who was trying to like give water to Kakaru could like barely even catch up to him. He's going so fucking fast. Um, but yeah, just at the end of the episode, Kakaru is like reaching like the final like uh, section, and he feels like he can go even faster. And his like there's like this like slowed down animation where his hair flies up in the back and his chest like sort of like explodes forward. Like his heart is like exploding and then his outline just like glows blue and he like kicks it into overdrive. Cause he's like, I can run even faster than this. So yeah, that's how, that's where they leave off heading into the last episode, which will be the end of Kakaru's sprints and then Haiji's section, which of course we have lots of predictions for, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very excited to see this end next week. Very excited. It's been a really awesome ride. I I know it's not Leo's favorite, but it's been a really good series. Like, it's different than a lot of sports anime, and that makes it unique. And I I really enjoyed it. I got a big kick out of of Leo's observation for this episode, though. Oh, yeah. I was uh, just sitting there, and I'm just thinking about, you know, if I was in their shoes, they're like, there's a car in front of him and there's a car behind him. And I'm just like, aren't they breathing in a lot of exhaust fumes <laughs> while they're doing this? Like, I think that would be like a huge distraction. Just like yeah. burning your lungs like that. He's running like, uh, yeah, Cockery is like running behind like a motorcycle like the entire time. Yeah, I, I was going to say, especially <laughs> the motorcycles because they're on high octane fuel, which is way more smelly. 
So like, so maybe that's why he's so so fucking like he can't feel anything. He's breathing he's so in fucking high. Fumes. <laughs> he's high off fumes. Yeah, oh, that's maybe. why he doesn't feel like his body can feel. Oh man, that's hilarious. Actually, <laughs> uh, I figured yeah, it out. I'm excited. So like, the thing is like, so like even now like Cockroach like in has them in like eighth place technically like position wise, but they still have like that timing thing where they're like a minute and a half behind. Even that, there's no mm-hmm. way they win this race. It's just impossible. No, like there's yeah. no way at all. Which I yeah. actually like. I yeah. like that they aren't going to win. And if they do, I will blow up like Leo did about Harakana received that one time. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like, this yeah. is the biggest bullshit. So, we'll all yeah. take off our headphones and just throw them to the ground and be like, no! And like, <laughs> would walk that away. ruin the whole show for it you? It would. It would be it would really weird it. if they just... It wouldn't make any sense. It kind of it would ruin It wouldn't make any things. sense, yeah. and it would ruin the entire point of this, of this anime, because this is supposed to be a sports anime about not winning, which no sports anime has ever done before. It's what Basically. makes it unique. Yeah. Hmm. All right, Leo. I envy you for having this next synopsis oh of Kamari Kuso. God. <laughs> Literally <laughs> one of the best sci-fi episodes of anime I have ever watched in my life. And I'm not bullshit. joking. Bullshit. It's not okay. bullshit. This is li- I was is like bullshit. in awe at this episode. It was no. so good. No, I was I was in deep. I was you know in what? so deep. <laughs> like I kept forgetting I need to pause and type this stuff out before i forget it <laughs> the only reason you think that is because the rest of the show has been so shit you're nope. excited to actually get any resolution at all that's com- the only reason it completely built up to this point and then yeah. fucking no. delivered on it a hundred percent no yeah i just so like is, i was like whatever okay it's a <laughs> large info dump cat i hope you have your pen and notepad ready so take some notes because <laughs> i should be able to answer a bunch of your uh dumb questions i have a lot of questions <laughs> tomorrow but yeah, or for the next time, but yeah, okay, this time I'll, I'll try. Okay, so it turns out our mystery girl from the end of the last episode is named Riri, and while she waits for, I quote, him to come back, she cooks up like some Kamurikusa as she waits, and eventually a grown-up slash taller version, right, of Wakaba shows up. Like uh, I, don't, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't really think he was necessarily that much more grown-up. I feel, no, I just feel I like he was No, I think he's an adult. That's, I think he's an adult in that one. I think he is like 10 years older. He's, he definitely acts like a different person, but there's very good yeah. reasons why he acts like a different person. Yep. I so, don't understand we'll that part at all. So uh, that's we'll, most we'll of the question. The oh, no, yeah, I can explain <laughs> exactly why. They flat out say say what it, what happens in the show. Yeah. So anyways, Wakaba shows up. He shows up on like this giant mechanical contraption. Uh, then they sit down for supper. And when Wakaba asks uh, one of the white bugs to go like check on the island, he created to see if it's any good. So like he's creating islands. Yeah. With that huge contraption he has. Uh, Sounds like every man's fantasy. He's a he's a god with a woman waiting at home to cook him dinner. I don't think he's a god. He's an alien in my opinion. <laughs> I know he's an alien. I'm just I'm just saying making a continent is like the power of a god. It oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. And R- yeah. Riri's kind of like a 10-year-old, so I don't know if that's a woman waiting at home. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it I also mean, it's seems... an anime, Leo. Yeah. You, you and I both know. <laughs> Damn lollies. <laughs> so he's also <laughs> creating like new versions of Kamari Kusa, so he has the power to do that. That's kind of cool. Uh, he's also not the only one obsessed with Kamari Kusa because Ruri shows him that 
you can actually combine two different Kimurikusas and create a new one. He's just like, whoa. Uh, Wakaba also tells her not to use Kimurikusa on people because it could alter them and also affect their memories. Boom. That's what happened to Wakaba, by the way. Yeah, that's (laughs) obvious what happens to him. uh, is that well? It, it doesn't. Does it show it? And I missed it or something. So no, actually, that's technically not what happens to Wakaba. The, there's something slightly different happens to Wakaba that also happened to Riri, which we're going to get into. Well, because yeah, I, I know what happened to Riri. I understand that part. I don't understand what happened to Wakaba. I think that's going to be in the next episode, more or less, what happened okay. to him. But it, just the fact that we know Kamarikusa can do that—that—that that, that immediately tells you something happened to Wakaba with the Kamarikusa, and that's why he lost his memories and. He's been altered to be down smaller. 10 years. Yeah, it's, okay, they said alter you, and affect their memory. So that explains the whole thing. That one yeah. line. If you, well, oh, very nice. They're, uh, they're just pure all for their uh, am, convenient amnesia or whatever. But okay, <laughs> just a quick thing. If you had the choice, you get 10 to 15 years of your age cut off of you, but you don't remember like almost anything. Would you do it? No. Um, Did you say lose ten years but don't remember anything? Yeah, no, like you cut. You'd be younger. You'd but be you like, don't remember. You don't remember your entire life, or you don't remember those past fifteen years. I think those past fifteen years. Okay, so if you don't remember the past fifteen years, yes, I but would. But you're that. younger. I would do that. I yes. might do that. I don't know. I don't know. I've learned a lot in the last 15 years. I'd hate to lose it. <laughs> I have too, but I, mean, I feel yeah. like I could have done a better job in the last 15 years than I did, so I would take yeah, that deal. Yeah, but without that knowledge, who's to say You're you would do any it? better? It's true. Yeah. You but would that, probably that, just what repeat you, your same mistakes. Well, maybe. That mean, that that depends on whether you believe in like predetermined outcomes and stuff like that. Or if yeah. you believe just like people... I don't know, because like if we're living... Say, say I'm, I become 15 or something again... And then live on from this point in time forward. I'm living in a different time period with different people. I don't know. It like I. It depends. Like if I go back to the exact same point in time, then yeah. Since I have yeah. no future knowledge, I will probably do the same things I did most likely. Um, mm-hmm. But, but yeah, it may that's an interesting things. question. Yeah, it is. It is an interesting thing to think of. I also was thinking like, oh, you could like write yourself a note like this dude did and or this girl did and see if that works i don't know you can write yourself a what note you like in write orange yourself? and send it to what the bermuda triangle 15 year old you to make you believe it because like i can't imagine it would be easy to get like a 15 year old version of you to like look at a piece of paper and be like i believe this i would just write myself a bunch of star wars spoilers and then i would know i was mm. right because okay. i would be like <laughs> Nobody would fucking call a character Kylo Ren. What? This is bullshit. And I'd be like, wait, but it's too dumb. Maybe maybe it's real. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Okay, now that we've derailed, uh, Wakaba, Wakaba gets a message. I always have to derail you. Every time you do a Kiwi Cursor episode, I always have to. You can't even okay, say it right. <laughs> I can't. I, it, ki, kimi, kimi kusa. I can sing it. Kusa. I can sing it, like in the opening. I can't Mm -hmm. say it. So Wakaba gets a message and has to go back to work, and Ruri goes with him. Uh, We get to see like a better view of his machine, and definitely that crane thing they were on in the uh, last episode. Yep. Uh, Okay, then you guys want to help me out here. Wakaba seems to be like a higher being of some sorts. Yeah, like an alien. Also seems to exist on like a different 
plane of existence existence compared to ours. So he may be hiding some antenna or something. He has like these ships or something. And he's somehow like taking, he's printing like the surface of Earth basically. And then putting that onto his ships like he's going to study it for like anthropology or something is what he's doing. And he's huh. like, I need to do this before they disappear. So apparently like Earth's going to shit. And like, so he's saving this for like their cultural uh, meaning or something like that. Which, well, and that oh, irritates me though, because if you can save it, like why don't you actually save it? Well, maybe, Instead maybe of letting it's it like, die. Maybe it's like well, Star Trek be, um, where they have like a prime directive. He seems to be struggling directive. in his own ways to do that, I think. Like he has his own problems he has to get past to be able to save them entirely. Like he just can't do it with like a flick of his finger or something like that. I'm not even mm. sure if there's any humans still living on Earth or not. I'm not really sure what the status so, of Earth is. Okay, okay. Yeah, there's something yeah. weird about that. So he uses his machine to like basically fish out buildings from the white mist, and that's what he, how he creates the islands with it. And Riri, Riri was also alive once. And when she yeah. died one day, Wakaba just happened to fish her out of the white mist, even to his surprise. He doesn't even know how that Which, actually Which, by the worked. way, very similar to how he appears in the first episode. Yeah. Just, that just, I'm just saying like that basically like what Riri went through is definitely what Wakaba has gone through. He like went through like some form of rebirth, lost all of his memories about who he was. Uh, so like, but wouldn't that mean that she already had some sort of Kimikusa thing on her before she did the other one? Wouldn't that like interfere with each other? Um... I'm not sure exactly what you just said. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, because you said that the whole reason they were able to like rebirth them or whatever had to do with the 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 like weird leaf things. Yeah. So like, I mean, she he definitely brought somehow. I don't know how if he brought her back to life. I don't know what exactly happened with her coming back to life. He and I don't know. Basically, the the way they come back to life is still sort of a mystery to me. It has something to do with the Kamurikusa. I don't know exactly. Yeah, well, like I, I said, was even thinking, Wakaba like, was surprised she, about it. He doesn't know what yeah, exactly what yeah. happened. Since she already had that done to her, wouldn't that interfere with what she does with the with the leaf things later? Since you make fun of me every time I try to say Kimikusa. Oh, uh, maybe. I don't know, but it seemed... <laughs> I don't think it sh- would. She basically just like gives up her life at the end. I, I don't know. I don't know. She so, transforms herself into something different, I guess. Yeah, Wakaba is like overworking himself and tells Riri he only has to work until he reaches the limit of the Kimikusa, whatever that means. Um, yeah, Riri is really bothered knows? by this because when she was alive, her parents apparently worked themselves to death. So mm-hmm. she has the idea to create a Kamirikusa that is able to stop other Kamirikusa. And once you know it, she creates a red one. <laughs> yeah, because she's just like, she's worried about Wakaba. She doesn't want to see him overwork himself to death, which, hey, that's a theme that plays well in Japan. Uh, yep. <laughs> and so, yeah, yeah she, she creates this red Kamirikusa to stop the other ones. Yeah. And we quickly go back to the present. And Ren tells him what she saw and that he was with the person they called the first one, Riri. She also understands now why her face got hot around Wakaba. It seems some of uh, Riri's feelings transferred to the memory leaf in her. Yeah, so this whole flashback. Basically, they all like him because she liked him, basically. I mean, they're they're the same person. Well, in some sense, like, yeah. Um, and They were all once the same person at one time, yes, which we'll exactly. get to towards the end. And so, uh, yeah, just to be clear, like the whole flashback in the beginning of the episode is taking place while Wakaba and Rin are using the memory yep. leaf. That's yep. Yeah. 
So Ren urges Wakaba to continue playing the memory leap, and she sees Wakaba and Ruri looking at like the red tree that is just growing out of control. Uh, he tries stopping it with a wall first, but it just starts like breaking through it. He next tries growing some Midori, but the red mist won't let it grow. Even in this dire situation, he is amazed that Ruri was like capable of making this red Kamurikusa. So like that's just how obsessed they are with it. <laughs> but he's running out of options, and he like transports Ruri away like teleports her somehow and behind like a, a, a giant blue wall. Mm-hmm. And then from her point of view, you can see something like a green tree is also growing at the same time. And Wakaba feels like he, he needs to absorb all the water from the lake before the red tree can, then it will really be out of control. Right. So Riri waits on at the blue wall for Wakaba for 10 days, but then the red fog starts breaking through. She rushes off and decides she must do something to save Wakaba. She makes it her mission to save him and decides the only way to to help is to turn herself into a Kamurikusa and split herself up. So basically, I'm assuming all the sisters are actually parts of Riri, which explains yeah. why they each only seem to be- possess like one or two human senses. Uh, and then the outro does this really cool thing where the sisters start disappearing and like Wakaba shows up and then also disappears with only Ren left. Uh, we then go back to the show very quickly with Ren turning around and seeing Wakaba and like there's blood on him and there's like a red root that's pierced him and it just ends. Um, and yeah. one of my favorite things about this episode is like a little tiny bit of foreshadowing when um, Riri, when she starts to run away from the blue wall as the red stuff is breaking through, like you said, uh, she mm-hmm. hears Wakaba's voice and his voice says, run, Rinsan. And so... What that is, is Wakaba in real time yelling at Rin, who's using the memory leaf right now, to run because she is being attacked in the future. That, like, it kind of applies to, like, the past as well, like, with Riri running away. But, like, you don't, you won't catch that unless you pay attention, which I thought was really cool that he's talking to Rin there. You know, I saw that, (laughs) but I didn't make the connection, but that does make sense. It's pretty cool. Explain that again. Wait, what? So like as Riri, who is like the girl from the past memory, is like running away from the wall. Which Rin is viewing. Yeah, like Rin is seeing this all through the memory leaf in the future, right? With Wakaba. You hear Wakaba's voice from like beyond the wall, basically, yell, run Rin-san. He doesn't say run Riri-san. He says run Rin-san which is not the person that she is. So what that is, is like his voice breaking into the memory leaf thing. Cause he's mm-hmm. something bad is happening in the future. Um, like cause they're under attack in the future and he's yelling for Rinson to like snap out of it and like stop using the memory uh, leaf. Yeah. And that's what we see at the very end of the episode where like Wakaba has like blood all over him and is like pierced by this red root. Cause like things went very badly while Rin was using the memory leaf for the second time, basically, which I thought yeah. was really cool. Um, that they did that. It was very subtle. You, yeah, you have so much to say about this episode, Become. <laughs> you wrote a lot. <laughs> uh, yeah, I did. I mean, I m- mostly talked about all of it already. Like, I also really liked that transition of Riri into the normal ED. Uh, just, like, showing us, like, this is how this whole story connects. Like, she uses all the leaves to change herself, and then she becomes, like, the six sisters, basically, representing, like, the different colors of Kamurikusa and, like, all forming together to hopefully like oh, oh also she wrote the message on like the orange like die die leaf like the the mission she wrote was yep. to like uh save help, wakaba save, save wakaba which got crossed out later into what wakaba actually told her that he wanted for her which was just to like live how she wanted to 
Uh, mm-hmm. And so, like, she crosses out her mission and later and decides, like, I'm just going to follow his goals, which I'm sure they're going to talk about more in the final episode. Um, but, man, I just thought this came together, like, super well. Um, I, I wish this episode I, – I wish this whole anime – was like fucking animated by like bones or something like because it would be so much cooler if it was but like i'm still glad we're getting like an interesting sci-fi story like this that really makes you think in anime i just wish like this was animated well instead of like fucking wadatin or like uzumade or like next season's like helpful fox senko-san because like <laughs> this so <laughs> deserves it like you know like this yeah, deserves to be does. animated well and it's just too bad well, but yeah I am glad at least we're getting something to tie this together. I agree. So that was fun. But uh, let's move on to The Promised Neverland. That's Cat's show. Yeah. All right. Let's all buckle down. Get ready. Scroll here. I'm ready. (laughs) I'm ready too. (laughs) Never want to listen to the Kimikusa bullshit. (laughs) So okay, all right. Episode 11, some bullshit string of numbers that no one cares about. All right. <laughs> January Emma 14th. and Ray <laughs> go, still want to escape, and they discuss, like, they're in the kitchen, like, from last episode, and they're, like, and Ray is about to officially, or whatever, be 12. At midnight. And so he's like kind of hanging out, like celebrating his life, I guess. But man, 12 is a really young age to be like, yeah, I did it all. Like, <laughs> this is the end. Like, um, and Emma comes and is like, yeah, we, we really still need to escape. We both still want to. We've both been still thinking about this. We should do it. Um, and they discuss how they really need to separate Isabella from all of the kids and get them over the cliff. And they decide the best way would be to light the house on fire and evacuate everyone and then seal Isabella in the secret room. So Ray also has these like Molotov cocktail bomb things. And he thinks that they should throw those into the other like farm. Yep. That's how Molotov cocktails work. (laughs) And um, then set fires in the other ones so that the people responding from the main area are like, oh, God, there's incidents in multiple plants. Which one do we go to first? And it distracts them, basically. Um, But then, okay, so, like, they say all this. Then Ray is like, I'm going to scare the shit out of you. Here we go, (laughs) right? Like, I felt like your heart rate wasn't beating enough. So he, you find out that Ray always had planned to kill himself. He like covers himself in gasoline, which okay. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever tried to breathe with like a bunch of gasoline spilled on the ground. There's oh, yeah. no way he would just continue to talk after pouring <laughs> gasoline all over himself. He would be uncontrollably coughing. <laughs> he, he probably couldn't breathe at all at Speaking that. Speaking of breathing in fumes, yeah, that would be re- pretty rough. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, is that the theme this episode? It breathing might in be. Fumes? Apparently. <laughs> it might be. That might be the title, Breathing in Fumes. <laughs> oh, anyway, um, but he's like, he's so filled with this like anger and spite 
And so he describes how he decided the only way he could get back at them was just to become as valuable as possible and then destroy himself just like a fuck you and then I guess die. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which I'm like, I mean, yes, but you could also just try something else. I, I don't know. It was all very dramatic and emo-y. But at the same time, he's 12. Like, if he's acting like a, a dumb 14-year-old, he's already ahead of his maturity level at that point. <laughs> so am I gonna am I going to be too upset at this poor 12-year-old? Probably not. We all no. did dramatic, stupid shit. Um, yeah. and, and it cuts away from that, which I, I am so annoyed with shows that they're like, oh, this dramatic thing's happening. Now we're going to show you another scene. Good luck. <laughs> I hate that. Um, we get a scene with Isabella with the kids, and she looks just so fucking happy to be tucking these little babies in and shit. And I'm, I'm just, I'm like, man, Isabella is just a weird character. I just don't get it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the collar she's wearing is so fucking high in this scene. What the hell is this collar? Like, I just I just remember thinking to myself, can you even move your neck, Isabella? Like, because she turns at one point because she hears, like, Emma scream. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, could you even turn your neck in that collar? <laughs> Pretty sure that thing <laughs> prevents all movement. I don't think I'll ever never stop being amazed at what <laughs> stops you in the middle of an anime and you start questioning. <laughs> but that irritated me because that thing I, I've I've worn cosplay with with collars and that that's really uncomfortable. That collar is like a step beyond uncomfortable. Like that's got some like <laughs> stiffness and some like for it to go up that high, it's got like some like wiring or something in there it doesn't just stand up like that that high on its own believe me there's only so high things can go without like structure and wiring and shit can you imagine having wire like against your neck that would suck yeah that sounds like a queen elizabeth type collar or something like you would see in one of her like portraits (laughs) it's just not feasible let me tell you that (laughs) (laughs) but anyway so she hears Emma scream. She runs towards it, and she's like, can you smell that? Because I guess she can smell the burning flesh. Um, and this is right at midnight. So they set everything on fire right at midnight. And everyone is evacuated as planned, and Isabella tries to at least get, like, she's like, if I can at least get his brain, like, this will <laughs> be good because I can salvage something. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, I don't really know, like, what that would do for you, but okay. And I, well, she could and still like, sell the brain. Yeah, for like food or whatever. Flame broiled whoppers sell real well, so flame broiled uh, human brain, I'm sure, would be great. Oh God! I'm just imagining you're putting it in like a bun and putting like cheese <laughs> on top. Okay, but yeah, she tell she turns to tell Emma to run, but Emma's like long gone, and I'm like, oh okay, it is a trap because I was wondering because Emma was being very placid, and I was thinking to myself, I don't really think Emma would just be standing there. Um, now okay. At this point, you know it's a trick. You know they all got away somehow. Mm Because you see Ray with his ear cut off. So they cut off his ear so that she sees, like, his tracker, like, in the flame. So she's like, oh, it really is Ray. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't understand why Emma cut off her ear. It doesn't make sense. Because, because like, uh, to 
just because basically because Isabella had that tracker so she could see where uh, Emma's ear was. And so Emma's ear was just outside in the hall. So like Emma put it there. So like if she, if Isabella looked at her tracker, she would think that Emma was still like just outside and not like running away. No, no, no. That's what she did. And then she went and looked and found the ear. Yeah. And I don't know how that slowed her down. Yeah. That was a problem for me too. Cause like she finds the ear so quickly that it's like, Oh, well she should immediately know what's happening. And then she could run, run off after them immediately if she wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. She basically immediately just turned around to look around the corner to see, you know, where the yeah, she was, it was like, like, not like even the that sink long. or something, and it was just like she could have just ran outside and used a little fucking taser and gotten rid of it, and Isabella would have just been like, oh, she ran away, and she would have found that out none the quicker. It's just oh. felt unnecessary. So yeah, I it was dumb. It I didn't get that, and also I'm thinking like, okay, you are in a hallway. Someone has just gone to go check on this burning thing that you know is not actually, you know, you only have like a minute. How are you going to cut your ear off in a minute? <laughs> I know personally, I could not do it. There, there is like a self-preservation thing that kicks in when you are like going to do something real drastic to yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, like, I don't know if you've ever tried to jump off something really high. Oh, like, yeah, you, that's hard. You, you tell, yep. you're like, jump, and, and your legs are like, fuck no, not doing it. You have to, like, really <laughs> work yourself up to it a lot, unless you've done yeah. it a bunch of times before and you've gotten over that, like, hill. But, like, nobody's cut their ear off a bunch of times before, so, like, you have to, like, yeah, really work yourself up. Yeah, there'd be hesitation marks. Like, you'd, you'd try to do it and, like, only get a little way in and then stop. Like, I know you would. There's no way you're just like, the, yep, I, and then I, you cut off your <laughs> ear. In my head, I'm just thinking she got some really sharp, like head shears, and just no. boom, one, one go, one go. That's it all it takes. It doesn't matter how sharp they are. You, you would hesitate, and that would. Uh, the only way I could see is if they cut their each other's ear off. It's kind of well, like, well, you guys probably have never had anyone. You've never probably done waxing, have you? Neither mm, of you. I did it once, and it did not work out well. Yeah. See, if you do it to yourself, you. <laughs> You can't rip it off. Like, oh no, because I did it to myself. Thing. You you can do it. It, it just well, sucks. It's very hard. It's <laughs> yeah. like for me, I can't do it myself. I can't rip it. I have to have someone else rip mine off, and then I'll rip theirs off. Right? I, I sure. feel like I could do it. Oh, you, you, you feel can totally like it. Do I felt it. like it. Okay, I felt like it. I put that shit on. I was like, I'm a strong ass bitch. I got this. I'm gonna rip this <laughs> off my leg. No. Nuh-uh. <laughs> Let me tell you, it's, it's not so easy. I, anyway, I, I, the only way I can see them doing it is if um, they cut each other's off. Okay. Interesting. But then who was in the hallway? Are you saying that's what they did? I'm saying like maybe Ray was hiding in the hallway and they quickly cut each other's ears off and ran or something. Well, you see her like going to cut his ear uh, when he's still sitting in the middle of that room as they're placing like the hair and meat on the floor and stuff. Yeah. So maybe she'd cut his off then and then he was hiding and cut hers off. That's the I don't know. I'm just thinking in my head, like, how did they do this? Because there's so many holes where you have to think about what, what actually happened in those holes. I'm going to be honest. I, I, I know like that's what you think happened, but I pretty much think you're meant to think that Emma just cut it off herself. Like I think I that's just, what they want you to think. I just don't think a 12-year-old can cut their own ear off, but okay. 
<laughs> she's a badass. Um, she's a badass. Um, but yeah, they here. Then we see the missing scene from before, basically. At this point, um, where Emma doesn't let Ray do this, she's like, "Fuck no, I'm not letting you commit suicide in front of you, in front of me. Fuck off! Like you're an asshole." <laughs> um, and just reveals like I Norman kind of knew you were gonna do this because Norman knows how you are. <laughs> and he came up with this plan to protect you from your emo ass self. And uh basically Emma and Don and Gilda used Crone and had the other kids listen in on her conversation with Crone so they know that what they're telling these kids is true. So like a lot of the kids know now. Like almost all of them. Yeah, and I tried um, to point out last episode a couple of like m- moments where the kids were being like sort of like doing interesting things in the yard because that gets talked about in this episode where like it looked like Emma was like being downtrodden and depressed while her leg was broken, but she was really like directing things from behind the scenes and like telling them the plan and like the kids were prepped. They were running around with hangers last episode and like sheets and all this stuff for like the escape. Um, and yeah. so, yeah, they've been foreshadowing it you at least right. since last episode. I have a problem with that though, because I don't know how Isabella did not notice this massive amount of supplies <laughs> going disappearing. Everybody has backpacks, everybody has food, they've got crazy amount of supplies. Like, how do you, how does she not notice? Like, <laughs> I don't know how. That doesn't make sense I don't know. to me. She's got a lot going on. She's under a lot of stress. Maybe she's just broken at this point. She's like, I'm kind of done. <laughs> like, I, who knows? Uh, you're right though like especially how young some of those kids are like someone would have either broken and told or like given it away or something but like i do think it's a good idea that they told more of the kids because like you get you know you can't just keep it a secret it's a good idea okay Um, we also told it a long time ago phil's a snitch (laughs) oh yeah getting to that (laughs) <laughs> oh okay wait so okay so then they they, they they that's where they get the meat and the hair and that's why they set those on fire so the smell would be correct that's how they made it realistic okay yeah so at the very end you see isabella outside the house the burning house with the ear laughing and she's like i won't let them escape and she just becomes like a comic book villain and it's yeah. like and like then phil is just there and it's like holding her hand and i'm like what the fuck like did did he just at first i was like did he just somehow get misplaced like did they run and he just was like where'd everyone go guess i don't think so because they said they told everybody about the plan which means they should have recruited phil so i think phil is just a fucking narc okay but but if they told everyone about the plan and that includes phil then wouldn't phil tell isabella that they know about the plan maybe this is like the 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 earliest he felt he could tell her i don't know it was kind of awkward because like part of me when i saw that scene i thought like oh phil is just like really innocent and stupid but then the rest of me was like no he's a fucking narc he has high test scores he's like what four (laughs) he's like six or something i don't know he's really young like no no like four or six year old is like i have nefarious plans to Turn against everyone else in the house, and no, no. But his test like, scores, cat, they're so high. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, I don't know. Poor Phil. He, for whatever reason, he stayed behind. 
Um, yeah. And I'm sure we'll find out in the final episode of the season. I just wanted to mention, like, two things about this episode. One thing that didn't quite work for me so well is, um, so, like, when Emma is talking to Ray and he's, like, lighting the match, the clock strikes midnight, um, which we all heard. And then, like Kat was saying, they cut away to that scene of Isabella putting the kids to sleep and she's in the office and the clock strikes midnight. And then she hears like Emma's screams like almost immediately after that. When in reality, when they show the scene as it happened again, the clock strikes midnight. Then Emma dives towards Ray, puts out the match, explains everything to Ray, which takes like multiple minutes as the kids like put like like hair and shit down the floor <laughs> is and meat. True. They cut Ray's ear off. All of this bullshit. He changes clothes. Like that didn't happen in like the little like seconds. Like yeah, that was ridiculous. So they fucked yeah, up there. That, in that's my opinion, true. The, the timeline is a little fucked. Yeah, yeah. There, there's parts of this where if you actually think it through, like really logically, there's holes. Yeah. Holes, I say holes. And I still don't know what the deal is with the pen that Crone left behind for like Norman and Ray or whatever. I don't know. That's a little it's a laser pin. For a second, no, I, I thought know. it was like the scalpel that they used to cut their ears, but they didn't really ever show that. So I think it's not. It's just something different. But yeah. maybe it's a key. Well, she did leave of two house sort. keys behind. So yeah, I don't know. They'll, I'm sure they'll need it at some point. But yeah. All right, we ready to take a break? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, we'll be back in a little bit. All right, see you soon. The Trash Panda's bringing you this nugget from another trash can. What happens when Brains and Bullets discuss episode two of One Punch Man? Pretty much gene splicing heads. They will oh, sp- yep, 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 yep. Yeah, they will splice genes. They have a, a cyborg gorilla. They have a frog that walks on two legs and communicates at long range. Like, they got... You think it, they splice... The Lion King? Yeah, they, they have the lion... They have a f***ing lion. You're Beast kidding. King... And Simba. Yeah, he's f***ing Simba. I don't mean he's f***ing Simba. I mean he's f***ing Simba. We at Trash Pandas Watch Anime dig through the trash so you don't have to. You can find the Trash Pandas Watch Anime podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter where we'll get live updates from what we do. Hey, dude, you into anime, manga, and all that radical stuff? Oh, yeah, man. It's tubular. Then you should totally check out the... This transmission has been hacked. If you want discussions, debate, reviews, and all in between, you must listen to the Anime Radicals Network at www.animeradicals.com. There's timely reviews, revolutions, mecha, and much more. Find it on iTunes, Google Podcasts, and all podcast catchers. The Anime Radicals Network. The revolution will be simulcast. And we are back, and Woo! we will just jump straight into some JoJo because it is crazy. Uh, no, episode glorious. <laughs> episode twenty four, oh, notorious chase. Speaking of JoJo, what, did you see that they launched a clothing line for JoJo? No, what? just very recently. No, you didn't. Is it see based that? off of this anime? Yeah, is it based it's off, based of, this off anime? of this anime. Holy shit! I gotta Google this. I saw JoJo I saw it in one of my line. anime uh, groups. Like they had a link to it, some of them. A lot of them are stuff that I could never see anyone actually wearing. It's like very <laughs> yeah, I imagine that prints. <laughs> I'm just like I don't know. <laughs> I want like Guido's like uh, like Renaissance style Italian like hat thing that he wears. That's mm-hmm. what I want. They're not gonna make it though. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. I just thought that was interesting. Make it yourself. <laughs> or try. I could. Wouldn't be that hard to make, actually. Uh, so the crew decides to take a plane because they think that they will be so high and going so fast that no stand user has the power to reach. Uh-huh. Has anybody Spoiler ever alert. watched JoJo before? They're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, of course, they thoroughly check the plane, and Jorno uses like standability to check wait, and wait, see if it... there's anything alive on board. Okay. What? I'm sorry, you said Jorno, and I just thought Jorno, DiGiorno. DiGiorno. Yeah, Jorno. Yeah. Uh-huh. I got it. I got it right. <laughs> but, okay, he uses his stand's ability to see if anything's alive on board. Did we know he had that kind of power? Yeah, we we um, knew. Well, I, we I knew that so. he his power has to do with life. So I, right, but yeah. I didn't know if he could just like touch a car and detect if there's life inside or not. I didn't. Jorno eh, could do a lot of shit. I I, I felt <laughs> like that was pretty normal. I don't know. I, I felt like it was within his means yeah. of power but i was like did he use, has he done that specifically yet or is this brand new but anyways uh leone uses like moody blues to fly the plane and uh just before they leave like some guy starts walking towards the plane Mista gives him like a warning shot in the leg and the, and it causes the guy's stand to then come out so like they're like oh shit he's a stand user so Mista fires the rest of his bullets and kills him and giorno this is the most fucking uh Oh, foresha- most foreshadowing line I've ever heard. He comments, <laughs> that was a little too easy to kill him. It seems like he wanted to die. And you're just like... Uh. And you're like, and this won't be a problem later. <laughs> yeah, you're just like, oh. As the viewer, you're like, well, this is going shit real quick. <laughs> uh, but like, mm-hmm. what what kind of... Like, I, I just don't see them hiring a suicide bomber in Italy. Like, how do they even... They're like, listen, we want you to die. Well, I want so to talk. I, I left stand. it for the end, but I want to talk about this guy's stand's ability. It's, oh, I want to. I have some things to say about yeah. this guy. Yeah, yeah we, we can discuss that at the end. Otherwise, we'll never make it through this. Okay. That's uh, fair. Yeah. Flying along, and Giorno notices like a strange noise coming from the mini fridge in front of him. And he has missed to get his gun out. And like they open the fridge and they like find the guys, the guy that they killed. His fingers are like half formed in there. Oh, I know. What the fuck miss- is that? Why? I don't understand. I understand the idea hey, that, of how yeah, his... Okay. We will save how his fucking stand like, works for the end. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, shut up, Mista. Mista. Mista also looks away <laughs> one moment, looks back, and thinks a fourth finger showed up at some point. But then Bruno like uses his zipper ability to like, send the fridge and the fingers out of the plane. Relieved, Giorno sits down and like he notices like some small f- graffiti on the window, and like he keeps looking and he starts noticing more and more and more on the walls, and then mm-hmm. like he sees the stand that is after them is named Notorious Big. We know <laughs> know what it is. Fucking it's, Biggie Smalls. What the fuck? All right, I have a lot to say about that later, but yeah. <laughs> and he like freaks out more when like he sees his own name. He's like, "What the fuck is going on?" And then like he just notices there's a pen at the cuff of his sleeve so like he pulls it back and there's like another fucking hand growing from his arm hmm. and then like he tries to cut off his own arm but it's also affecting his stand in the exact same way but for once the other people notice something's fucking going <laughs> on yeah <laughs> so mr like shoots he shoots four of his he shoots like his he severs his arm by shooting it but then the thing is like the meat blob caught like four of his bullets, which yeah. is like damaging Mista. So Mista's done. And then <laughs> <laughs> the, 
the Rancia, he like tries shooting it with his stand only for the meat blob to like then go after his stand because this meat blob is fucking fast as shit. Yeah. And he catches the plane and is like crushing it. So now Narancia is down. It then tries to go to Trish, who is trying to get into a closet to get away from everything. Um, but Giorno finally figure out what it's tracking and it's tracking movement. It's just going over what's moving the fastest and zoning in. So he uses his like stand to like t- punch like really madly in the air. And the, then the meat blob goes after his other arm. And now that the meat blob is attached, <laughs> uh, I don't know why I'm calling it meat blob. Now that I mean, it's attached it is a meat to Jorno, it's a meat blob. It's disgusting. Yeah, uh, it looks like ground beef. It's attached to his left arm. Remember, his right arm's missing. Uh, if I got that backwards, it doesn't matter. He punches out the window, <laughs> and like he starts to like cut off his own arm, and misses yelling at him like, "Don't do it!" And then like, uh, not misses. Yeah, it was Bruno. Sorry, misses fucking down. Bruno's like, "Don't do it. Transfer it to me because you can't lose both arms because then you won't be able to use your ability. It has to be the fists that connect." But Giorno doesn't have time as it's like slowly going up his arm, and then he just chops off his arm. Okay, I have a uh, problem with the window thing because. You can't just open a window in a plane and just like the thing yeah. that's right there is the thing that goes out the window. All those fucking people will be going out the window. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, Depre- depressurization is a real problem, especially at that height. Yeah, I don't know. Actually, I'm going to call you on that because there was a news article recently where a window did bust. It sucked oh, out a woman, yeah. but like two or three other people tried to pull her in. So not everything gets sucked out. It's basically that's just true. kind of the closest thing. But it, yeah. wasn't it like they tried to pull her back in? She still died. She yeah. still died. It, it was really grisly. Like, I encourage you all, if you're into that shit, to look that up. Because, like, didn't her head go into out? into that shit? Well, I mean, some people are I'm fascinated. very into people dying some and getting killed. Some people are fascinated by, like, violent stuff like that. Not, like, sexually into it, but, like, oh, Oh, no, wow. I know. I know not that. But I'm just still like, oh. Yeah, I, I yeah. Know. Like she got halfway sucked out, and then like two guys grabbed onto her, and like they had to struggle to get her back in, and she ended up just dying from to the complications of it. But I like, think, like did yeah, her so eyes not, like, get everything's pulled gonna out go of out her head or something from like I the suction. Remember. It was it was I, grisly. Yikes. I didn't read into it that much. Jesus, cat. I mean, I was interested. Well, I was cat, like, whoa. Cats into that shit. I was so. like, whoa, <laughs> what the fuck? I was psyched. I mean, I feel oh, bad man. that so she we, died, yeah. but I was psyched. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. So, Giorno, he lost his left arm, and, like, the meat blob's fucking flown away. So, Bruno, like, picks up Narancia and Mista and uh, Giorno, and then he puts him in the turtle, and then he goes to the cockpit to let Leone know what happened. I don't know how he didn't hear all the chaos in the back. <laughs> <laughs> so, this leaves Trish alone in the uh, cabin by herself. And then it's like she's sitting there thinking and then she thought she saw like a ball rolling on the wing of the plane. And so she gets up to investigate and that's when like the meat blobs back. It's like bashing on all the windows <laughs> and it finally makes it around to the one that got broken and oozes through like the makeshift patch. And, it, and, and what's interesting is it's actually starting to take like a form. It's not just a blob anymore. Yeah. It's starting to it, actually look like a mini stand of some sort. It looks to me like like it's almost like the face huggers from Alien or like the head crabs from like the Half Life video game or something like. Yeah. It seemed like that. Yeah. So it slowly starts to go towards Trish, but then at the last second it turns around. Uh, what Trish sees is that one of Giorno's ladybug brooches had fallen off, and it's slowly turning into to his left arm. So 
that's why the Bob seen that movement and going after that instead of Trish. But Trish believes if she can save the left arm, then Jorno is like still in the game and they can heal everybody. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. where it's in. Okay. Let's talk about why it's kind of stupid that your stand only activates after you die. <laughs> yeah. Uh, number one, you're dead. Uh, <laughs> also, how did he find out what his stand's ability is? How did he know that dying would cause his stand to go all I loco? On- but also, how do you recruit someone in Italy yeah. and are like, hey, we know somehow that your stand's ability only activates after you die. Will you it's die for bonkers. us? Like, no one is like, sure, let's do that. I'll die for this. Like, well, only, not unless yeah. they roped him into like some kind of like they got really behind some type of cause because there are actual suicide. I mean, bombers, yeah, so. but but like for that cause, like it, it's not a religious thing. Like, usually it's a religious thing that people will get that up in arms about. Or yeah, like, I mean, you could say he's maybe he's like really into this backing and it's like basically is his religion that there is one plus side i could see to this and it's one of the times where you'd want everybody to know your standability because if they if they killed you then oh then they would know that stand would go after them and they so nobody would really want to kill you they'd be like shit then we have to deal with that damn thing right yeah i guess so then like you just tell everyone like listen my stand only oh yeah you would after you die you better not kill me and this is how just... crazy this and persistent this thing is mm-hmm. yeah, yeah yeah that's the only pl- positive side other than that it's this is the dumbest stand i've ever seen also why is it able to write on the fucking airplane door that makes no sense at all what it's like writing like when when Giorno was like sitting. yeah yeah I was like, what the it was, fuck? It was a hand. It was a hand, well, so it like, was writing. How is it thinking and like answering him? Why is it answering him? It's a him? stand. I don't understand. <laughs> like, let I don't me understand just the person. Let me just answer the person I'm attacking's questions. <laughs> I think this is a good use of my time as I devour them whole. <laughs> what? Can we talk about how they put rapper Biggie Smalls, Notorious B.I.G., in this story as a stand, only to kill him with gun violence immediately. (laughs) (laughs) Can we talk about that for a second? That's That's a little fucked up. Yeah, that did happen. I mean, they also made Trish into a... Meow! (laughs) How'd they do that? Oh, you're you're not... Okay, never mind. You'll you'll find out later. spoiler alert. I'll have to, like, cut that out or something. Yeah. Or you'll like beep oh, it. Man. It'll be our first like. And we'll be like, "What did yeah. she say? What did she say?" Just, just have cat's cat going meow right over it. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Uh, oh man, yeah, that was like my big thing with this. Like, oh, it's like notorious big. I wonder what his stand is going to be. He dies by getting shot. <laughs> it's like what? <laughs> A lot. I really, I'm so excited to talk about when we watch the next episode because something happens at the end with the stand that will make you laugh even more (laughs) oh boy oh fantastic yeah you know what you know what makes me laugh even more though cat domestic (laughs) girlfriend Ah! it makes me laugh every time all right uh this was a big episode oh i actually finished this today thank god (laughs) oh yeah we'll we'll talk about the finale next time but we're still all right (laughs) we're still building up to that trash fest tell us about this piece of rotten reeking garbage tell us about it episode 11 
Uh, Natsuo and Rui return home from the rainy night in the park. <laughs> and then they immediately like flash back to their conversation. And Natsuo explained that like Hina has reciprocated his feelings and he plans to be with her in the future. And like when he told Rui this, she like basically breaks down. And you know, like when you're at the end of a relationship and you know it's over, but you're still in love with that person, so you kind of like want to like kiss them one last time. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't uh, know if that's yeah, it's happened to me before anyway. And so like she does that here, and she's like, "This will be our last kiss." Well, and but, like, like the thing is, like, all right, he's not in a relationship with her. That's the difference. Like she <laughs> yeah. keeps doing this shit to him. Like she. She keeps basically being like, date rape, like in his own house. (laughs) He has no desire. I mean, granted, he doesn't stop her. He has some desire, I feel. But like, (laughs) stop it. Like, stop, man. They both need to stop it. They both need to stop it. But like, she needs to calm her tits and like go. You know what? She's a hot girl. Go fuck someone else other than your brother. It's not that hard. You can, uh, there are men waiting to fuck you out there that are not your brother. I promise. I promise. Well, there's that, yeah, there's that Alex guy. <laughs> yeah, Alex is like standing in line, like, come here. Oh, I know. And he's like the blonde foreigner, dude. They're in Japan. That, like, they, they gobble that shit up. <laughs> so Rui's like very heartbroken and she like cries in the bath that night. But the next day, like, they're walking to school and she's like, Natsuo. I've decided I'm going to start trying to dislike you now. I'm going to oh, make an effort to not like you. I know, and it's like so you. dramatic. I was like, "What? what is this? Like, is there anything more high school than this become? Do you- <laughs> it's so weird, because it's like, you should just not like him because of I all the know. things he's done to you. <laughs> like, it reminds you shouldn't even me, have to make an effort. <laughs> it reminds me of conversations I would hear in high school where they'd be like, I'm just I just hate you now and we can never come back from this. And it's like all dramatic. And you're like, <laughs> yeah. if that was the case, we wouldn't have to have this dramatic conversation. Like, I've totally heard. I definitely have heard girls say in high school, like, I'm going to try really hard not to like him anymore. <laughs> like, I've heard that exact thing said before. <laughs> oh. And it's funny. Wow. So, and, uh, okay, so it's announced that Natsuo's gonna go on this class trip to Okinawa with this whole class, and swimsuits are gonna be allowed. Like, his male teacher's like, you're all gonna see me in a Speedo, and I'm like, that doesn't seem appropriate, which we'll get to later. Uh, <laughs> like, Natsuo also goes to talk to Hina at school about the whole Rui situation, like, and holds her hand and says, like, I hope this won't end things between us, and, like... Rui passes by Hina in the hallway and, like, doesn't say anything to her because she's pissed for obvious reasons. Um, there's this whole B-plot to the episode where, like, Kiria, who's, like, the lit club advisor, comes to the club and tells them, like, a winner has been announced for the literature club writing contest you all entered. And the winner is Rui, not Natsuo. <laughs> <laughs> So this is yeah, the first I knew that was coming to. Yeah, oh, it's like what a, a woman did better than me. I must hate her for this. I'm just like that's also shitty. He's super upset and jealous because oh, like the whole world has been flipped up, upside down. Like and like this is the first time she's ever written a story and she wins and he's like really upset but tries to hide it. Um, and like Mew from the not not very no well. not successfully at all. Like she no. clearly sees. 
And like Mew from the Lit Club like pulls him aside and she's like, you know, I'm also really depressed about losing because like I lost a lot of things in the past. But like she actually has some kind of good advice. She's like, I'll, I'll use this depression as sort of like motivation to overcome those people who have like all this talent. Because uh, she's like, I have to believe that like all these depressed feelings and all the, this like adversity is going to like help me someday. And I think she's right about that because like perseverance is very important for success as well. Like you, you may not succeed at first, but try and try again. Like you will. Um, so yeah, but well, yeah, not so studies where, where they found out that the reason that people who play video games a lot tend to do better in school is because when you play a lot of video games, you fail over and over and have to practice in order to get to the next level. And it teaches yeah. you some, some forbearance of having to keep trying when you fail. So yeah, there's and something like failing is not the end. It's just like the beginning of yeah. getting better. <laughs> like yeah, failure, learning through failure is extremely important. So yeah, um, so yeah, Natsuo visits the lit club advisor Kiria and begs him to like make him his apprentice. And like Kiria sits him down and tells him like you know Rui came to me and asked to decline the award and she didn't give any reason for it. That well, I was kind of pissed off at. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty obvious why. He went around like a little poser all day, like, oh, I didn't win the contest. <laughs> like, she's like, you know what? I don't need this kind of mess in my life. Fine. I'll decline the award. Yeah, but she's like not going to accept this award just to like make him feel better about it. And that's shitty. That's dumb. Like, well, that's the whole reason. If anything, it makes him feel worse, though. Because, like, probably? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but oh, Kiria also tells him this thing how like, well, the way I measure talent is in like the likelihood to become an author, and so in my eyes, you have a lot of talent because your desire to continue writing is so strong, and this so you will like likely succeed. His ego, but I mean, there's some really truth does. in that. But like, yeah, <laughs> there's some truth, like because like yeah, like we were saying, like you have to. Like being a great writer doesn't mean having a ton of talent necessarily. It can mean that it has. To, it doesn't means you have to continue writing and can keep keep at it over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, so he has that. But Kiria also tells Natsuo that if you became an apprentice, he'd probably just learn a few things about the industry. But like the thing he really needs to do is just write more books. Like he hasn't even wrote that much yet. So he's just basically calling Natsuo out for what he is, and like he goes home. Uh, and Natsu go. He like congratulates Rui, and then he like goes and flops down on his bed, and he's like, "Damn, everything Kiria said like kind of cut through all of my bullshit and exposed how lame I really am." <laughs> um, and so he kind of bounces back, and he's like, "All right, I'm going to write like one short story a week from now on to like improve myself," and starts handing them back to like Kiria for notes. And so that's good. At least he's making the best of it. Yeah. So yeah, the class heads to Okinawa by plane. They go to this, like, restaurant to eat some, like, Okinawan specialties. And, like, out of nowhere, the blonde dude, like, Alex, like, straight up just fucking open mouth kisses Natsuo. <laughs> Apparently it's because of, like, something called kore gusu, which is, like, a seasoning in Okinawa made by, like, infusing chili peppers with I've this liquor called I've never seen a man Awamori. kiss another man because he's drunk. <laughs> That's some bullshit. <laughs> if this is either, well, like revealing that this side character is gay or more likely in my opinion implying that foreigners have no personal boundaries which is a yeah, common trope both, probably yeah i don't know if they're implying that he's gay or just bi or like or like anything serious like that or if it's just a joke just but like I also all think those it's really foreigners funny. those foreigners have no sense of of when to yeah. stop yeah 
And I just also thought it was like, oh, it's another person in Natsuo's harem that just keeps growing. <laughs> Pretty much. Oh, I feel like wow. the more that Natsuo just keeps telling women, like, I don't want you. I don't want to be with you. The more they fucking stop being negged, all of you bitches and dude. <laughs> yeah, Wait, it's true. Okay, so that all happens. Then they head to the beach so we can see the girls in the swimsuits because this is an anime, yeah. uh, including Hina who is their teacher, and I was like, it's pretty fucking weird that their teacher is just, like, walking around in a bikini on a school trip. Like, that doesn't seem appropriate. Like, maybe I'm a prude, but, like, that that really doesn't, yeah. that seems like a line being crossed. Well, and, like, I even mean, Rui is like, you're wearing an indecent, like, swimsuit, like, you know. Like, even she thinks so. <laughs> Which I was like, oh, I feel justified now. It, part think, of me Kat? wants to be like, let them wear a bikini, but the other part of me is like, they are supposed to be a teacher. It's hard because, like, I definitely had swim coaches when I was in high school, like male swim coaches who coached us in speedos. <laughs> like, oh yeah, was that, that distracting? Was <laughs> uh, I didn't find it distracting, but um, okay. Okay. I mean, I didn't think of it either because that was just the way it was. I don't know. Hmm. <laughs> That's fair. Um, yeah, like I feel like she could be in a swimsuit, but like wearing like maybe like a track jacket or something. I don't know. I don't know. Like who knows what or, the or real like rules should be? Or like one of those tasteful cover-ups. Who knows? One of the, sure. Yeah. So um, Hina's just happy that like Rui finally like talked to her, and since she like admits all this stuff, she's like, "I lost control when like you confessed your feelings to Natsuo, and like I thought you were like getting what you wanted again, and like I was falling behind, and like that's why I went after him myself and." Uh, Hina says she doesn't want Rui to stop liking him and like she's like I'll even break up with him if it'll make things go back to normal between us and like Rui's like fuck that shit like she pinches Hina's face and tells her like if Hina, if your feelings are still the same for Natsuo it's not going to change anything anyway it's all going to be the same and then she, Hina's like well have we at least made up and like Rui's like she thinks about it for a second she's like alright we, we've made up and they both hug and it's like over it's kind of it's ridiculous how fleeting the feelings of these girls are <laughs> yeah oh my i God. mean it feels like this kind of shit would be much more deep <laughs> you would think yeah and so um natsu and hina text each other like a lot of time goes by very quickly and it's like already the last day of the trip um and they text each other and plan to like meet up in her hotel room on the last night while the rest of the class is watching fireworks and he gets there, and then they both blurt out something at the same time that they've been waiting to, be, waiting to say. And Natsuo says, like, oh, I think it's time we got more serious about each other. And at the same time, Hina says, like, I think we should break up. <laughs> oh, I know. That's when you know a relationship is just going so well, right? When, like, one person's <laughs> yeah, like, perfect. I think we should get married. And the other person's like, we should break up. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, he Such listens help. to Hina's reasoning. Like, oh, right? Yeah. Like, she's, she's like, oh, I, I should have been an adult about this. I shouldn't have let this get this far. And he's like, he listens to all that. And, like, I think, honestly, rightfully, he says, like, I object to all of that. Because, like, she said the exact opposite to him in the past. So, like, he knows she can't fully mean that. So, like, I think he rightfully calls her out. And he's like, no, I, I don't believe that. And then he puts this ring on her that he bought when he was out, like, shopping with his buddies. Um, and he's like, this is my rebuttal to your comments. And like, they hold hands and they watch the fireworks and Natsuo's like, 
I'm sorry that I got you this cheap ass ring now, but I'll get you a good one in the future. And like asks her to marry him. So fucking cheesy. <laughs> and calls her by her first name for the first time. And she cries and kisses him. And then they fuck. Oh, I know. They, they <laughs> hardcore fuck this time. It finally happened. Yeah. That's what God is. He, he got his, well, uh, his card stamped twice with his both of his sisters. Should be so <laughs> proud. What, what that's, women that's the have only you thing this anime does life? right is that people do fuck. Oh, actually. I know. Like, I'm just imagining him in college. What women have you fucked, Natsuo? Well, I fucked both my sisters. <laughs> well, t- technically, the the one wasn't my sister at the time, <laughs> <laughs> and the other one was actually my teacher too. Uh, anyway, um, so yeah, after the sex, I died laughing because like there's a scene where like. Natsuo asks about, like, like when, when, Hina, did you first decide that you loved me? And she's like, well, I think it's when I saw Rui kissing you. But also, it's like when we talked on the roof at the school all those times, I realized. And then Natsuo's oh, like... the whole time? Yeah, well, yeah, the entire time. And Natsuo's like, well... I was surprised that you got over Shu so quickly because, like, there's this one time I heard you call out his name while you were masturbating. She's like, "What the fuck did you just say?" Oh, and then doesn't <laughs> she's he like, go mortified. and say like, "Oh, but I jerked off in the other room right <laughs> after." <laughs> He's like, don't worry, because I went and jerked off right after that. Like, that makes it better somehow. I know. <laughs> like, I, I almost wish he'd said instead, like, "Oh, but I went in the other. I just watched you and jacked off while I watched you." That would be even more. <laughs> What the fuck? <laughs> the whole uh, scene was just surreal, and it like ends with them like hugging each other and thinking they're cute. And I was just like, this relationship is so fucking dumb and childish, but whatever. It um, is. Finally, the juicy stuff. They get back home, and Hina is called into a conference with the head teacher. Ba-da-da! Sorry, I had to and be dramatic. He he hands her this photograph that was taken from the beach where they're watching the fireworks. And it has their hotel room window in it, and she's kissing Natsuo. Oh, oh no! So I guess that'll be the last episode. We're gonna we'll see what happens with Hina's job. Uh, well, they were kind of stupid to hook up during the school trip. Like, yeah, they should probably really, everything they've been doing is extremely stupid. Yeah, I mean, they did <laughs> kiss in the school. One, I'm like, mm-hmm. you're you're the dumbest people alive. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so. Anyway, still, I, I will say up through episode 11, I've still just been like extremely entertained by how stupid this was. Uh, but I will say I, I've seen the last episode. We're going to talk about it later. I think that episode kind of fucking goes too far. <laughs> but oh. we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. I am At so least somebody's excited. enjoying this stupid anime. <laughs> I actually loved it because I just loved how dumb, especially the last episode. I just loved ripping it to shreds. Oh, that'll be fun. We'll definitely have a great time doing that. Oh, speaking of ripping the shreds, this next show. I I loved this episode. (laughs) What? This is like maybe my favorite episode of the entire show. Are you kidding? How is this your favorite episode? Did you see Chica and her sisters on a beach? Because I did. (laughs) You mean you liked the scene? A A tiny scene. second scene. That's it. That's dumb, (laughs) B-Con. Okay. Basically, Kaguya-sama, Love is War, episode 11. The episodes, I'm going to start call this like the waiting episode because almost nothing happens. The episode mm-hmm. starts off, it's been two weeks since summer vacation. And like, okay, so I looked this up because in America, summer vacation is like two months or something. 
or like even longer mm-hmm. sometimes depending yeah um but i guess in japan it's only 40 days long so they're oh, like wow. they're almost halfway through like they gotta speed this up they're gonna do shit um nothing's happened they're both laying around in their houses being depressed like i wish i could talk to them but not <laughs> doing anything and then um I has been watching Kaguya just spiral into depression and tells her basically like Miyuki is laying around at home according to his Twitter. So like if you go outside, you'll probably meet up with him. You should do that. Kaguya is upset that other people know what's going on with him, but she doesn't. But she also has no idea of how Twitter works, apparently, which <laughs> she tries I to look it, it up in a dictionary. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I have not very much knowledge of Twitter, but like I at least know kind I didn't have to look it up in a fucking dictionary um <laughs> they explain that kaguya has like the technology of an 80 year old man and i'm like how is that possible for a teenage girl to have the d- that doesn't make sense to me but okay she's an analog girl living in a digital world that's what she is yeah apparently but- that sounds like a song <laughs> yeah, basically and then i goes to this employee women's restroom she wants to have this luxurious bath um, and so she throws this giant, uh, like <laughs> beach chair, beach chair into this. Okay, it's like this huge onsen the size of an Olympic swimming pool. Hell like yeah. I don't know how they even made that. It doesn't make sense to me. She throws. It's not the, Olympic swimming pool size. It's, it's big. just like it's big though. Yeah, it's huge. <laughs> it looks. It looked like it's how it's normally portrayed to me in anime. But you it's can, in like their house, which no, is like damn. Yeah, it's, it's like it's like a. It made me think of like the size of the, the public house. public baths are. Yeah, public yeah, baths like, size, but in their own in house. In their house, yeah. so like you could yeah, have it's pretty like, crazy. Fit, like I would say at least like twenty people in that bathtub. That's a huge ass yeah, bathtub. Yeah, but, but it, it's but it was four employees, so it wouldn't be. It wouldn't well, it, be reasonable that you would see employees. like ten. They're rich. They probably got but twenty butlers each. But it's only for each. women. <laughs> they don't have twenty women employees working in this mansion. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. Anyway, so all I know is I is fucking hot. And she like lays down yep. on this lawn chair in the bath, and I'm just thinking like, okay, I've sat on one of those chairs with nothing between me and the chair, and that is uncomfortable. That's a weird choice. <laughs> I don't know why she made that choice. That is her choice. Yeah, I don't know why. She, I guess so she could like lie down completely instead of like sitting down. I guess. Like, so she could la- relax a little bit more with her head above the water. I, I don't guess. know. I don't know. But, but Kanye keeps bursting in and demanding that I help her with this Twitter thing. First to make the account. And then second, like on why Miyuki's account is protected and what that means. And then in the end, Kaguya is too stubborn to request access to Miyuki's account because she thinks it looks desperate. And once again, nothing fucking happens. Um, it, <laughs> I it got was, like, I, I was like right there with I though when I was getting like increasingly more frustrated every time Kaguya came in and like interrupted her bath because <laughs> I was like, oh, I just, oh, I want to like, you want to like kill Kaguya at yep. this point. Yeah. Um, and then the next yeah. guy. Yeah, it was oh, a let, good well, Let me say one thing about okay. the other skip. But I just want to say, like, I, I was happy she finally told Kaguya, like, how it is. Like, telling her, like, you know, this pattern you've been following has never succeeded once <laughs> of you trying to force Miyuki to give in to you. Like, 
So maybe just like fucking give it up. Basically, is what she gets frustrated. <laughs> well, and they yeah. don't listen. They just keep. I don't know. Like they don't listen. Yeah, it's frustrating. The next skit is about Chica eating ramen. This guy is it's like a ramen daisuke kaguya san. <laughs> yeah. So this guy, it's like told from the perspective of this dude, and he's a quote unquote ramen expert, and he goes into this local local shop. And orders the correct way instead of the special. <laughs> As if this is some sort of like secret that only the best people who I, know the way this, eat this their scene, ramen. This skit is probably my favorite skit out of the entire thing. I may I like, really love I this, like this a lot. Yeah. I did. I, yeah. would, I would love having a mini series of Chica eating various foods. It would and be I better was so hungry the, when it was done. Okay, so it would yeah. be much better than the ramen anime that was a couple seasons ago. You remember yeah, that one? Yeah, the ramen daisuke show. Yeah, that that's, so that's why terrible. I said this is like ramen daisuke. Oh, I said ramen daisuke kaguya. I should have said ramen daisuke like chika-san, I guess. It would actually but, be good instead yeah. of the piece of trash. This was like so well animated and it, like the ramen looked great. Like it was, it reminded me a little bit of like Wakako Zake, that little short where like there's like guys commenting on how like the girl is eating her food and like her inner monologue and stuff but yeah it's it's like that in that same vein and they did it so well yeah yeah so like it did kind of irritate me though because he keeps sort of looking down on her and wanting to believe that she isn't an expert or isn't good at this and doesn't know what she's doing like you could tell that's what he wants to believe and i was just it reminded me of like guys who get really like holier than thou when they're playing video games (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gate- gatekeeping basically. Yeah, yeah, it was it was ramen gatekeeping. That's what it was. And I was a little annoyed and I was kind of like, "Stop doing this." Like, she obviously knows what she's doing. She's obviously enjoying her fucking food. Maybe eat your fucking food, dumbass. <laughs> but, you know, whatever. Um, he has this method of eating the pieces of the ramen where like, you know how they put the little mounds of stuff like the seaweed mm-hmm. in one corner and the green onions and the yeah. ginger and yeah, stuff. yeah 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 which i've never had a place You're, that gives the pickled ginger in the ramen i'd love to do that it's good i've had i that still before. i still need to have ramen you oh, do yeah. it's, some good ramen yeah yeah anyway if you ever come down near me leo there's actually a really authentic ramen place you mean come up to where you are yes that's what i <laughs> <laughs> anyway um but you know what i mean yeah, come up sometime and i'll show you anyway Okay, so yeah, he eats the pieces like individually versus Chica puts a little of everything in each bite and eats it and it like is more time consuming. And like he had originally criticized her choice of extra firm ramen noodles because he was like, Mm -hmm. firm is the best way. She obviously is not as smart as I, ramen expert. (laughs) I overestimated (laughs) her. But but no, it's because she knows she's going to do this thing where she puts a little of everything in each bite and it's going to take a long time. And so extra firm means it'll take longer for them to soften. Mm-hmm. Bitch. You, you, yeah. you done thought wrong, you old man. She schooled him. Yeah. And, you know, he's like impressed and he's like, it reminds me of when I was a kid and I ate ramen excitedly. Blah, blah. <laughs> And, of course, Chica is just oblivious the whole time. She's like, I don't give a fuck. I just want to eat my food, which I appreciated. It was a fun sketch. Yeah. It made me hungry, actually. I was like, I want ramen. Oh, Oh, I was really hungry by the time it was over. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 
But yeah, and then the next skit is really just more of Kaguya and Miyuki being an idiots and like they're both just pussies. I don't know. They both go to the school thinking they may run into the other one, but they miss each other at the school and it's all very sad and and I'm just like, this is dumb. This is dumb. <laughs> yeah. Um so it's that's- like sort of setting up though. I, I can see that it's like setting up the the last episode of this probably. I guess. I and this this last well, the last skit is like the first part of two also, so yeah. Yeah, and then the last part was very interesting. Uh, Kaguya's dad summons her to, I think, Kyoto uh, mm-hmm. to see him. And it's all very like important and dramatic, and she has to go. Um, but then all he does is like have her sit in this room with her maid, and then he walks The show by. is trying to sell you on like how bad of an upbringing she had. Yeah, mm-hmm. like how her parents just don't even think about her at all. Like this felt it was so jarring to me to see this. I was like, I thought this was supposed to be like a comedy show. It was where a little this, weird. Like, it was very serious. Where did this deep dark side come from? Like I felt like the show didn't know what it, what it was at this point. So I feel like it fits because she is such a clearly like broken person, and like so is Miyuki in a lot of ways. Like their whole worldview is kind of broken. And, like, you see that she is, like, this weird person because of her father's influence and, like, his complete neglect from her and, like, how she's, like, cut herself off from everyone and, like, she doesn't feel worthy of the friends she has and she's always trying to win battles and show no weakness. And I liked that I was there next to her, like, when her father, like, walks by the room and he's like, oh, it's good you're here. And then he just keeps going. And I's like, that's all you wanted her here for? You like, drop dead, you asshole, is what she says. Yeah. Which was, was pretty great. I but. appreciate that. But it was weird. Like, I'm not sure if that was just a, a family thing, the get-together. And, like, I don't know how exactly she would be in a room by like, herself. Like, yeah, it was weird. She's probably supposed to just be there for, like, obligation of some kind. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, but it, it was, I mean, it was sad, and it's really supposed to be a comedy show, but it was an interesting look into her life and everything. Yeah. So. But yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see how that skit uh, finishes off. Um, like, maybe it's setting up for Kage to realize, like, hey, my dad's an asshole. I don't need to be like this. I can change. But that might be a little optimistic. Oh, <laughs> we'll you are so in for it. Anyway. Yeah, it does not go there at all. Oh, great. Fantastic. It goes in a different direction. I'm curious. I, I we'll bet see. if we gave you five minutes, you could probably predict. Well, oh, yeah, but, yeah, but I don't want to do that. Well, you all know soon enough, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Kat, tell us about the last episode of the day, Dororo, episode Dororo, 11. Dororo, which I always want to say, Dororo, for some reason. I don't know. Because <laughs> it's just um, fun to say. It just sounds Dororo, cool, Dororo, too. It sounds like you're barking, like, Dororo. all right right. so the episode starts with the crab fight from the last time that we were here and uh the bro the brother isn't it like tohomaru or something because his uh tahomaru 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 i know it's like the same ending as hyakimaru's name but he's like um, a chevy tahoe and he's got a maru at the end so Ka- Tahoe, I'm just gonna call him. Is that fucking how you? Tahoe. You know what? Just <laughs> I'm that. trying you to talk what? to the Midwesterners, Leah. <laughs> Speaking oh. their language. You're, you're trying to translate it into our our language for us. Jeez. Oh, uh, but yeah, Ta- Tahoe, uh, Tahoe Maro. I'm gonna just call him Tahoe. Whatever. 
Um, he thanks him. I'm not really sure what Hyakimaru was seeing when he looks at his brother, but it's all mixed up, I guess. Like, he stares at him for a fuck ton of time. It's like this black and white wavy mixture, which is different than everybody else he's seen. Yeah. Yeah, Um, Oh, that's actually answered in the next episode. Next episode? Okay, Okay. interesting. Because I think Daigo looks that way too, maybe. So, yeah, I don't know. Okay, so then Dororo gets some money from them, um, and he asks where the quote-unquote rich land near here is, because they've all heard of it, and they point him towards our Lord Daigo's land. So, you know, like, that's, that's their land actually did prosper from the deal with the demon that they made. Um, and the brother asks Yakimaru's name. Taho asks Yakimaru's name, and he tells them, and there's, like, this weird pause. Then, this is really interesting. There's this girl in the town, and she's singing about this demon baby. And she's got what looks like, to me anyway, like mascara or something streaked down her face. Yeah. But I don't actually yeah. think it's mascara, because I'm pretty sure in ancient Japan, they didn't have mascara. <laughs> so, it seems like eyeliner, maybe? I don't know. No, no, no. Think of geishas. Of course they did. Well, they had eyeliner, but, but not mascara. But you're right. It could be eyeliner. Well, no, no, they had no. they had a bunch of kind of makeup. I mean, they. I mean, you just think of history in general. There's lots of portrayals of women with like, whatever you know the the in thing was with That's makeup. True. Then, well, so, they had a lot of. It's yeah. just like the. I think the the eyelash thing that they. I don't know if you've seen like the thing that people women are forced to put the shit on their eyelashes on with. It's like a, the brush of the devil. It like tortures yeah, you. Yeah, I've you, seen that. Like I don't think yeah. they had that until more recently. Like they had eyeliner and stuff, but who knows? But anyway, hmm. um, she's she sees she's like singing about this demon baby, and she's like carrying around a fake baby, and she sees Yakimaro and like flips her shit, and she seems to it's know not what's important. Going but I think on. it turns out to just be like a fucking rock or something. No, she drops it yeah, in another scene. Fake oh, okay. yeah. baby, but it's not important. Yeah, but I'm just like, ooh, this is weird. And then there's a play going on where they're like, oh, Lord Daigo, he slayed a demon. And that's why the, the place is so prosperous. And like everyone's clapping. And Doro even comments like, oh, that guy is awesome as they watch the play. And then the old man is there, too, to check out the buzz around the land and why it's so prosperous. Um, and the supposedly conquered demon and all that. And he comments too that he okay at the end like they meet up after the play and they're like nice to see you again nice to see you again too and then he comments like oh Hyakimaru I can tell that you've killed people too now and that you better be careful I guess his aura has like tiny little red things in it now that weren't there before yeah um and then some of the merchants are talking about this thing called Bonmon. And how things haven't been so prosperous in the quote-unquote prosperous land recently. Um, and then Hyakimaru's dad and mom learn that he's actually in the area, um, which is interesting. And then they do a lot of cutscenes here, which annoys me, as always. Hyakimaru and Dororo <laughs> go to this fort with, like, it's, it has only one wall, so it really isn't much of a like barrier, really. <laughs> But it's supposedly yeah. haunted by the goddess of, like, the headless goddess that the mom oh. prays to. Well, they said it used to be one whole wall, mm-hmm. but yeah. then it all burned down, and it's just this one, like, spot that's left. 
Yeah, right. but it's somehow still preventing them from getting. Like, apparently, they have people uh, on the other side that it's, used to it's attack just kind that of land acting a lot. as like a border between both sides. Yeah, so, like this is where the line is. Well, but apparently, there's like all those ghost spirits, and that's what's holding them back now, so they don't get attacked by that other nation. Um, right. Yeah, and I'm assuming the reason they're there is has something to do with the headless statue and like the mom praying to it, like uh, some mystical bullshit. It's going on there. Hmm. Um, it, it's not uh, really I think clear it's one of me. the demons, not the. Well, but they say the it's statue. the headless statue that she prays to, and that's what embodies it. I think that makes mm. sense with how it cracks at the end of the episode. Yeah, well. I don't really know how that would be. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but that, I don't know. That's what they say. Um, Hayaki Maru looks at the wall, and to him, it looks all black, like it's a demon. And they get warned to leave and that it's not safe by this boy whose village used to be like near where the Bonmon is or the barrier kind of. Um, he vows that he's going to go back across the wall one day so he can like find his family. And this kid's name's Sukuroku. And they decide like, okay, all three of us should cross this wall together. Um, then they, they go back to the um, Hyakimaru's mom and dad. And the his mom asks like, the husband what he's gonna do and she's like we deserve to be punished for what we did to our son and blah 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 and like he he's like i did it for the people and she's like that's bullshit because it is and uh, (laughs) (laughs) and his response to that is women don't understand politics and then he just storms (laughs) off and i'm like what he's such a Accurate for that time, though. I mean, <laughs> oh, not like, accurate at all. I bet you women actually understood politics perfectly well. No, they no, just no. I mean, allowed. I mean, for him, him thinking that. Oh, him thinking that is per- no, no, no for the not time. that fucking women didn't understand. Oh, yeah, God no, no, no. Was, okay, no, no, no. I'm glad we cleared that up. <laughs> yeah, it's just, no, it's that, just like, like oh, he thought women. that accurate mm-hmm. for that time that that was his way of thinking <laughs> is what I mean. Yeah, yeah, that Jesus would be the attitude. Don't paint me like that. Always whining and wailing about me killing their firstborn child. God, they gotta learn to suck it up. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Oh my god. Um, and back at the wall, they hear howling, and like all these fox spirits appear, and Hyakimaru like, cuts through them. Uh, but eventually, they all attack him at once, and things get harder. Sukuroko's like, "This is my chance," and he runs across the the barrier while they fight. And Doro's like, "No, don't go alone. It's dangerous." And runs after him and Hyakimaru's like oh fuck like all these small foxes are really just one big ass thing um is it a nine-tailed fox cat <laughs> maybe oh, jesus cat, maybe you know it what's turns funny, though? into a Su- sexy six-pack did you recognize boy. his voice i did not did you rec- he is naruto I did not well <laughs> do not start her down this path <laughs> we'll okay. never stop i know that's pretty cool, though. Anyway, uh, the bro, it, Tahoe, is invest. I'm trying really hard to remember his name. <laughs> the Chevy truck. The, tr- Chevy the Chevy truck that embodies his brother. I'm just imagining a Chevy truck driving across this, like, like ancient j- Japanese anime now. <laughs> He's like a rock. Ooh, Everyone's like, like a rock. We don't know what that is. It, it just appeared one day. It drives on its own. We've never seen anything like it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Much of this game, Age of Empires, this is like a little tiny side note where they used to have a cheat code where you could get like a Dodd Cobra in the game and you drive around with a machine gun shooting at all these like little medieval guys. Oh, <laughs> I'm imagining like a Chevy Tahoe cheat code entering <laughs> Dororo and just taking oh. out samurai armies. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, Tahoe wants to know what happened. He meets the eyeliner woman from earlier and like... She really seems to know like exactly what's going on. Um and I think you find out later like yeah, it's the nursemaid from when the the mom birthed him and was like get this yeah. and the dad's yeah. like get him out of my sight. Go kill him somewhere and she like goes puts him in the river. Um so it's for her and she just went like nuts I guess after like she couldn't handle it. Um and By the way, I said Dodge Cobra. It's a Ford Cobra. I'm an idiot. It's just Shelby Cobra. Anyway, move on. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I wasn't paying enough attention to you to correct you. Even I knew that. <laughs> and he, yeah, but Hyakimaru manages to fight off a demon with the help of his dad, weirdly, because he shows up with all of his servants. Um, and you see the monk like in a flashback, like a flash forward, like to the he's at the Hall of Hell and he realized what's occurred and he's like. This is very bad, but I'm like that's an <laughs> understatement of the century. What do you mean this is very bad? Oh my god! And then at the very end of the episode, the headless goddess statue cracks, and yeah. you're like, oh fuck. Um, also, just as a side note, at the very end here, since we're near Easter, it's kind of weird how many parallels there are in this series to like like Hyakimaru and like weird religious stuff from the Bible and it kind of squicks me out because I'm not even <laughs> that I, I don't even know that much about the Bible like they drop him in the river and someone yeah. picks him up and then like he shoulders all these other people's sins on his shoulders and he comes back from the dead you mean the and, story of Moses yeah, I think? Like, yeah well it, it's what's, just a little weird what's interesting is the story of Moses is like not unique in religions. Like there are several religions, some that predate Christianity that have stories like this about like sending a baby down the river. Like, okay. So it could be something from like Buddhism or, or even, okay. It's it's interesting because I just noticed that and I was like, this is strange. This is very odd to me. (laughs) Um, But that (laughs) would make sense then. Maybe there is something that parallels it that they're kind of going off of. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But you can read it however you want. You know, you could you could relate it to Christianity. I don't necessarily think that that's what the the writer of the story is doing. But I don't. Uh, I, I wasn't sure if they were really trying or if it was just a weird coincidence. Like I said, well, the show oh, is, I guess, because they worship the demons a little bit about religion. So he bar- yeah. probably just borrowed a little bit from whatever he's most knowledgeable about. Would be my guess. Yeah, just not really being that specific. Yeah, Probably I'm some not... stuff from Buddhism and Shintoism, and maybe yeah, Christianity. it'd be interesting to look into it and see if there is something that they're trying to borrow from. Because it's obvious like there's something here, but I really don't know enough about Eastern religions to really know what they're trying to do. I can tell there's a lot of mystical stuff in this anime, like with the the headless goddess statue and it somehow being related to the wall, and like and I really didn't get that. I don't think any of us did. And I kind of wonder if that <laughs> has. Like, I don't know. I'm looking forward to the second half of the episode to, like, figure that stuff out. But um, I was actually kind of surprised that, like, we see Hyakimaru and Daigo 
like not necessarily facing off, but like seeing each other like this early in the show, which oh, is going to yeah. be a 24 episode show. Like I was surprised. Right. Like, well, so I, I guess oh, we well, did yeah. feel like an ending. Wait till you see the next episode because then you're like, oh man, where are we going yeah, now? Oh, I don't wow. know. Because yeah. there has to be yeah. another arc after this because it, it's going to yeah. end. Like this arc is going to end in an episode or two. So like wh- it'll be interesting to see what they do after. It, it ends next episode. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So. Makes sense. So that, yeah. I'm very excited to see that. And how they uh, transition into the second half of the show. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Anything else? Everything? Yeah, I think that's everything. No, I'm, I'm no, good. No, I think it's, we're good. We're, we're ready to head out. Um, mm-hmm. Thanks for listening. Remember to like, follow, and subscribe to us on YouTube to get updates on new podcasts or videos. You can also find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, or any other fucking podcast app. They're all similar. Pick one. It'll be on there. I promise. <laughs> Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Nerdum Another as well. Also, come hang out with us on Discord. The link to join is in the description. Seriously, we have fun on there. And with that, we'll see you next time. Bye. See you later.